Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you know. actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on Chad. You know, yeah, I got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. You know you all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad You're not confused. It is nighttime, and it is the Gridiron Stud Show. I believe this is the first ever nighttime production of the Gridiron Stud Show, and what better uh, occasion than National Signing Day. It is the Super Bowl for high school football, for uh, college football, basically as much importance as we have been given college football recruiting over the last half to a full decade. Uh, This essentially is... The Super Bowl, you know, forget about that college football championship game. It's all about the future. It is about National Signing Day, and this is the eve of National Signing Day, a very important uh, day for high schoolers around the country. As uh, tomorrow, beginning tomorrow morning, they will be signing their national letters of intent to the school of their choice, uh, choice for most of them. Uh, Some of them are going to schools against their will, uh, things have gotten crazy here down the stretch. Uh, I just have this feeling that we might have another crazy episode. I just feel it. I feel it coming on. Um, a couple years ago, we had a mom snatch papers, jump over a table, and run out the door. I'm smelling something of that kind. It just seems like it's brewing in the air. Just so much, so much going on leading up to this signing day. Commits and decommits and recommits and uh, secret visits to schools guys in hoodies and everything else. It's it's crazy, folks, and it's going to just keep on getting crazier. There's so much at stake now in college football, and uh, when you have so much at stake, uh, there's so much that could go on, and uh, the kids are wrapped up in the middle of it. We seem to have quite a few kids that are undecided. Uh, that includes kids who are currently committed to certain places. So over the next two to two and a half hours here, we are going to talk about some of those kids, some of those classes, some of those programs and coaches and things that will all make up National Signing Day tomorrow. We've got a jam-packed show uh, coming up. We're going to have Peter Ariz from Kane's Insight. He's going to be my first guest here in about a minute or two. Also have 
uh, Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com to talk about the Gators 2015 recruiting class. Going to have the godfather of high school football down here in South Florida, Larry Bluestein, joining me uh, at the uh, middle of the hour here to talk about South Florida uh, high school football recruiting and things of that nature. Also going to have Safi Dean join me from uh, the Tallahassee Democrat to talk about Florida State's very nice, very nice 2015 recruiting class. Sly Johnson will be on with me. He runs Premier Athletes. He's in contact with a lot of the athletes that uh, you see playing on Saturday, those doing it on Friday, and uh, those looking to do it on Friday. He's in touch with a lot of folks. I'll have him on for a very interesting discussion here in the next hour. Stephen Thomas from Under the Radar Sports is going to join me, talk about Southern California uh, recruiting. Uh, there are a couple of uh, interesting high school prospects from out west that uh, have something to do with uh, in-state Florida recruiting, so we'll talk about that and more. And then finally, Bill Green will join me from Scout.com. He's, uh, his specialty is Ohio State recruiting and Ohio recruiting. We'll talk about Torrance Gibson and uh, other uh, recruits that uh, have something to do with South Florida and, and also the Ohio area. So we've got a lot going on, and let's just go ahead and kick this off. Uh, you know, based down here in South Florida, University of Miami is is the local school. Uh, in battle as they are, and the recruiting class has taken some hits, and the guy I've got on to talk about it all is none other than Peter Ariz. He's got his finger on the pulse. He's from canesinsight.com, uh, most notably uh, for their crazy, crazy message board. But this guy has all the news. He's in touch with everything, and I'm happy to have him on before he does the Louisville-Miami uh, basketball game. Peter, how you doing? How you doing, Chad? I think we need some, you know, Phil Collins in the air tonight. I mean, come on. <laughs> big, big. It is. Uh, it's. It's. It's definitely the Super Bowl uh, of high school football and college football recruiting here. So uh, happy to have you on to talk about it all. That is, if I have you, Pete, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're good. All right. Um, let's talk about. Let's talk about this class. It's hard to start the conversation off without talking about what went down this this Sunday and yesterday. Um, would you have considered? Going into this weekend, Jordan Scarlett to be the crown jewel of the Miami class, or would you you would disagree with that statement? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, at least uh, from a standpoint, you look at it that this is a kid who's uh, been dominant since freshman year high school, and you know ha- has been such a big name down here. I mean, you know as well as anyone. Uh, so yes, obviously that was a huge loss for Miami and. Uh, look, they kind of sensed it was coming over the last week or so. After they had him on the visit uh, a few weeks back, they were feeling better about their chances. Uh, you know, Brad Kaya was on him hard, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, decides to take his talents up to Gainesville. Um, you know, the one thing I will say is that uh, Mark Walton is a very uh, special back in his own right. Uh, you know, people will have the discussion for years about who the better one is, and, you know, we'll see how that plays out over the next few years. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely will be interesting to see how all that, uh, you know, works out. You've got Walton at Miami now. You've got Scarlett at the University of Florida, and you've got Patrick at Florida State. Uh, at least in the state, we're going to see some good running action out of the three schools. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a good thing that you've got these three great backs from the state of Florida at the three separate Florida schools. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. I found the uh, acquisition of Lawrence Kager to be a very important one that came on late, kind of out of nowhere for the University of Miami. 6'5", 195-pound wide receiver. Just his charisma 
and everything he's brought here in the last week to 10 days has been refreshing for the University of Miami 2015 class, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, it's always interesting to see a kid, an out-of-state kid, who's a, a national prospect who pretty much, it seems like he has more pride about, uh, you know, University of Miami than some of the kids down here do. So, the, you know, the, the way that things have worked out with him, like you said, he's he's been very positive. Look, I don't know if he's going to actually land Miami any kids. That's very rarely how that works out. But mm-hmm. it, it never hurts to have some good PR. And, 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 and the kid's been, been doing as much as he can on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, you know, all that all that good stuff that makes recruiting yeah, so I think fun. Yeah, I think the good thing for him uh, is that he's not actually down here in South Florida where things have been really, really negative since the end of the season. He's been kind of shielded from that, so that's allowed him to be positive, and it's been uh, refreshing to see, you know, uh, his positivity and uh, his enthusiasm for the University of Miami. All right, there's some targets out there. Obviously, you know, all you, you don't have all your commits in. There's some guys that are going to go either way tomorrow. Talk to me about the guys that are on the fence that have got a choice to make tomorrow with Miami in the running for it. I, I'll put a disclaimer out there that, you know, a lot of things can change between mm-hmm. uh, what time is it now, 7, 10, and tomorrow morning when the papers are sent in. So, but, uh, oh, yeah, obviously- there could be a commitment, decommitment, and also a recommitment all within the next, you know, 12 hours or so. Of course, you know, number one kid, you know, I'll probably mention now is, is Antonio Callaway, kid out of Booker T, uh, Washington, uh, really would add a dimension of speed to the receiver class that I think Miami would need. Uh, but everything that I've heard over the past two or three days uh, would lead me to believe that he's choosing Florida tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting note I just picked up actually a little while ago is that uh, Miami has offered linebacker James King out of Booker T. Uh, maybe that's a last-minute, late, you know, push trying to get another teammate. But again, I don't know how much that really affects things, considering uh, Callaway is technically a home. You, you think that's so, a push for a teammate, or is that maybe a suggestion that another linebacker, perhaps that they were are in pursuit of, may not be coming to them? Is what, what do you think that is there? Yeah, I mean, I, Miami needs linebackers in general for next year. They're, they're loaded with linebackers for the 2016 class, but in this class they need linebackers. So, look, there hasn't been that many linebacker names popping up over the last two weeks. So I think they they kind of said, you know, well, we'll just take a local kid here. Um, you know, obviously it's probably expected that he will choose Miami now. That's his biggest offer. Um, you know, he, he's a kid that he's shown some flashes uh, over the past two years. He started at Beach High. Miami Beach High, um, and, you know, he, he's a little undersized, but, you know, good athlete. He's kind of – he's one of those guys that a lot of Miami fans would, would see him wind up at maybe, you know, a West Virginia or Marshall and say, why did we not offer this kid? So, right. like I said, it, 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 it's looking more like uh, just that they need more linebackers, but I, I'm interested to see what this kid can bring. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, definitely you, you always – Got to wonder when an offer is thrown out that late exactly what's going on, but it's college football recruiting. There, there are no rules to this thing. And like I said, uh, this has been crazy. You know, really, this recruiting season has really, really been crazy. And, uh, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we have something really uh, out of this world go down tomorrow. Tyree St. Louis, uh, he is a commit. I'm hearing some Florida grumblings on him as well. There has been some Florida grumblings over the past couple weeks, um, but – Everything that I've heard in the last 24, 48 hours 
leads me to believe that he will be sticking with Miami. Uh, Miami believes that he was never wavering. You know, sometimes coaching staffs are, are overly confident if, if a kid's already committed to them. But I feel good in saying that he'll stick with the Canes. Um, so that's what I think is going to happen there. All right, Dexter Williams, uh, Notre Dame, but can he be in this class for the University of Miami? What do you think? This is a very, very, very interesting one. Um, if I had to say right now, and again, I, I know a lot of people aren't saying this, and some people might say, oh, you're being a homer and this and that, but mm-hmm. um, I would say Miami right now. Uh, I had a conversation with, with someone who spoke to uh, some people from the Notre Dame staff, and they believe he's picking Miami. They Over the past uh, couple days, they've, Notre Dame has kind of been, you know, setting up some possible backup plans for himself. So uh, that is probably a good sign for Miami there. Um, and, and, and back to what we were talking about earlier, look, Jordan Scarlett, no excuses, top five-star running back, top running back, you know, arguably in the country. You look at everything, he's, his body of work. But if Miami can still get to a, a running back class of Walton and Williams, I think Kane fans are probably feeling a little better about um, the finish of that position. Yeah, well, listen, any news right now is going to be positive uh, news for Miami, given how things have gone. I think uh, how many decommitments have we had? Twelve? Am I correct? Twelve, Twelve thirteen. Yeah. I mean, look, if you th- Miami, Miami will say that more than half of those kids they they pushed out, you know, on on their own mm-hmm. power. But you know, you know how things go with. Exactly. Coaching staffs trying to you yeah, know, you cover gotta spin up, it. You, you do, which is true. They do some, you know, schools do sometimes just stop recruiting a kid, uh, which does happen. And there's, happen, definitely, but a couple, there's got... definitely a couple kids. There's definitely a couple kids who who you could tell the signs were there. But again, like you said, the decommitments have been uh, definitely uh, a lot, lot more of them than than Kane's fans would have would have hoped for, especially down the stretch here. Um, but I, I will bring up a kid, another kid that Miami's on, which is Sheldrick Sheldrick Redwine. Kid out of, right, out of I was going to ask you about him. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been a lot of talk that he, that Miami could be the school tomorrow. Um, he took a visit over the weekend. I heard Jaquan Johnson, his teammate, who's already enrolled in Miami, uh, could play a big factor there. And look, I mean, that would be that's a good pickup for Miami in my eyes. There's a kid who's uh, you know six feet six one, one eighty five, has all the physical ability. You know, will he get coached up at Miami to, and and reach you know his full potential? It's, it's it's always a mystery right now with the staff, but um, that's as far as a prospect that would be a good get for Miami. Uh, definitely would be, uh, and, and and you know he's done his fair share of trying to uh, ward people off of the whole Miami talk. You know he was saying some things on Twitter today and uh, questioning people, questioning him uh, because he removed Louisville from his bio. So there's a whole lot going on there. You know entertainment coming from. Uh, his Twitter account is certainly something to watch. Uh, I don't know what time his announcement is tomorrow, but I know University I believe of it's Miami. At 10. Yeah, I think it's at 10, 10 tomorrow at, at Killian, yeah. So, all right, we'll know so uh, definitely, definitely all eyes uh, will be on that one. Well, listen, Pete, I know you got to go uh, call a basketball game. You're a very uh, busy guy these days, so it's good to see you doing good things. And I appreciate you coming on and spending a little time with us to talk about University of Miami tonight. Appreciate you having me on. Have a good uh, rest of the show. I'm sure it'll be uh, sure it'll be loaded with information. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's Peter Reese from uh, CanesInsight.com. Certainly check them out. They uh, 
they're on it. You know, a bunch of young guys over there doing reporting on the University of Miami, uh, and and they they get out and get the information and get it out there. I I don't know if I'd venture into uh, that message board. It's like an alley in there. It's like a really bad neighborhood. If you're up for that kind of stuff, jump in there, take your punches, see if you could last. But otherwise, check out the information on canesinsight.com. They do come with uh, quite a bit of good info if you are into the whole recruiting thing and uh, all of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Again, canesinsight.com. From the Canes, we're going to go to the Knolls and coming on me, or not the Knolls, we're going to go to the Gators. And uh, joining me right now to talk Florida Gators 2015 recruiting is Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com. Spivey, these guys have come in here late and it looks like they're uh, pulling out the guns and shooting up the place a little bit. That's right. Uh, guns are blazing right now. Uh, the momentum is uh, is swinging. Uh, as the uh, as your uh, past uh, host uh, or visitor on the show just said, uh, Scarlet. That was the big one for uh, Jim McElwain. Uh, it kind of showed Jim McElwain is uh, is is here to play ball. Uh, he goes in and still Scarlet, who in my in my opinion, most people thought was either going to stick with Miami or, or flip to Florida State. And McElwain in a month's time goes in and steals him, gets his power back, and. Um, goes into tomorrow with 16 commits and with the possibility of landing some very big names on signing day. Yeah, I, I, you know, I did hear the same thing. There wasn't much talk about Florida, even though they were in the running, not much talk about Florida. It was either he was staying with Miami or going to Florida State. Sure enough, he decommitted on Sunday, um, early Sunday morning while he, you know, was on his trip to Florida State. So, you know, people – reading the tea leaves saying, oh, man, guy goes to Florida State, decommits while on his trip to Florida State from Miami, uh, got to be gotta be going to the Seminoles. Lo and behold, um, he pulls an end run on, on uh, yesterday and commits to the University of Florida. Listen, you got to, you know, Jordan Scarlett played this game pretty well. You have to admit that. Agreed, completely. Uh, I thought – I felt that Scarlett was a guy that, you know, kind of came to Florida and didn't come off his visit really um, talking up Florida a ton. He kind of stayed quiet, which is Jordan's MO. And then, of course, went to FSU, put up the photos of FSU, did that. And, yeah, and, and behind the scenes, he's been telling everyone he was Florida behind the scenes. But publicly, uh, everybody thought it was going to be Miami. And I, I know a lot of people in the Miami area were still shocked to hear that he decommitted on Sunday. They still thought after taking the Florida and Florida State visit, he was still going to go to Miami. So, again, just uh, a great uh, a great pull for McIlwain, something that I don't think that uh, happens mm, six months ago or so. Yes, Bobby, you know, uh, six, maybe seven days ago, or maybe even as many as 10 days ago, there were eight commitments for this class. How did they get it to 16 so quickly? McIlwain has played his cards right. Uh, he's brought in some of his big guns uh, last weekend. Um, but, and maybe maybe not the sexy names that uh, ESPN and those guys are, are boosting up. Um, in my opinion, some really good names. Uh, Richard Nithera Jones from St. Thomas Aquinas, a big offensive lineman. Uh, Frederick Johnson from uh, Royal Palm Beach, another big offensive lineman. Those two guys, in my opinion, are not only good players, but they fill a need that Florida has right now. Florida's going to go into the spring with seven scholarship offensive linemen. Uh, mm-hmm. Anybody that knows football knows you need 15 to 16 offensive linemen. So these guys are not only – 
players that are going to be able to help Florida in the future. They, they may be able to come in and help a little bit, you know, as freshmen and depth purposes, that kind of thing. And um, then, then they go and pick up Scarlett on Monday night, and then they pick up a, a dynamite athlete, in my opinion, Chris Williamson uh, from Gainesville, Georgia, um, on, on Monday night. He picks Florida over uh, Georgia and Michigan. Uh, he's a six. Foot 190 athlete uh, can play receiver or cornerback. Uh, Florida's talking to him about playing DB, so that's a good pickup. And then they got a surprise guy um, out of Texas yesterday. Taylon Johnson just comes out of nowhere, picks Florida. Uh, nobody knew he was visiting Florida this past weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Visits unexpectedly. Randy Shannon gets him. He's a big safety, six three, two twenty, two fifteen guy. Played quarterback and safety out of Dallas. Uh, Skyline High School, which is one of the bigger name schools in Texas. So again, McElwain has pulled some stops out. He's gotten guys that have maybe fallen under the radar a little bit. Gotten those guys, and now tomorrow is when the big fish are going to pop. Yeah, I mean, six three, two hundred twenty pound safety coming out of high school. I mean, holy Cam Chancellor, uh, going to be interesting <laughs> uh, to see that there. Let me run through some names that are on the fence for tomorrow that are committing on signing day. A large amount of uh, Florida targets going to the tables uh, and announcing on signing day. I, I mean, that's that's got to make you nervous uh, if, you're, if you're a college football coach. I mean, they're going to be on pins and needles all day. But real quick, uh, Antonio Callaway, I discussed this with Pete right before you. What's your thought on that? Where do you think he's going? Had a great visit this weekend to Florida. As good friends with Treon Harris, uh, Florida needs receivers. I, I have to see the Gators winning out on, on Antonio Callaway tomorrow. Byron Cowart, top player in all of the land. Florida, Auburn, FSU, what do you think there? Is a gun to my head. Oh, listen to the yeah. listen to the deep sigh right there. Yeah. You know, part of me says Florida, part of me says Auburn. I'll say Florida right now because of mom. I, I, I'm telling people right now on my message boards at Gator Country, this is a fight that's going to go through the night. Uh, the coaching staff may not sleep. Byron may not sleep. This may be a fight till 5 o'clock in the morning uh, between Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain on who wins Byron Coer. Right now, Florida, maybe tomorrow morning I'd switch it to Auburn. Yeah, uh, I, I feel you on that one, man. It's going to be some deep blue fishing out there and a you know a big fish on the hook. See if you can land it on the deck. Oh, uh, Isaiah Prince, Florida, Alabama, Ohio State, Maryland. I think Maryland. I think the whole team, uh, Coach Loxley and uh, Coach Adele, uh, Ezel, and then those guys are going to win out on that, and Maryland's going to be the pick. Okay. Um, we've got we've got the big one here in terms of the offensive line. You've already discussed just how much uh, that position is a position of need, so we're going to talk about Martez Ivy. I, I think Florida wins here, uh, and, and I win, and they win here because a I think he can come in and play early next year. He knows that as well. He grew up a big time Gator fan. He's made that no uh, secret going through the process, and it's close to home. I, I like Florida here. All right, um, you know Dexter Williams. I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure why his name is in this still at Florida, Notre Dame, Louisville, but Miami too. Uh, what, what do you think goes on there? I just talked to some Notre Dame sources. They feel very good. They feel very good to, to get uh, for Dexter Williams tomorrow. Uh, and, uh, you know, several people keep saying that he was upset over the Miami thing going on. So I'm going to stick with Notre Dame here uh, just because of the relationship and the kind of bad relationship he has going on in Miami right now. C.C. Jefferson, it was believed throughout most of his process that he's a Florida guy. There's no way he's going anywhere. But of late – 
Um, talking the last few weeks, his name's been spreaded elsewhere, and there's been legitimate talk about him possibly not being in this class. Florida, Auburn, FSU, Mississippi. What do you think CC Jefferson's doing? As of two days ago, I'd have told you Ole Miss. Um, but a couple things have been said to me today that I, I feel back that it's back to Florida. Um, it's definitely a Florida Ole Miss battle, but it, Dad, Mom, and, and CC all like Florida. They have the Gator mailbox, the Gator gear, the Gator tattoos. I, I think Florida wins out here, and I know that sounded like a broken record, but this mm-hmm. one I feel good on. Martez Mar- Mar- Ivy and CC Jefferson I feel very good on. Yeah, that's a lot of Florida stuff to go packing in the attic if you decide to go to Auburn, <laughs> FSU, or Mississippi. You know what I mean? Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Francois. Now, we went through the episode with him last week, uh, allegedly decommitted from Florida, the University of Florida State, uh, as was said in the Twitter message, and then it was quickly deleted. Um, and so, you know, panic ensued and all kind of things went on. Is he Florida State or is he Florida come tomorrow? I think I think he stays with Florida State because of the relationship he's built. His family's comfortable with him. I think had Florida had a couple more weeks in this, maybe he gets Florida. I, I'm torn here, and, and this is a tough one. I can see it very well going either way. Gun to my head right now, I'm going Florida State, but I, I could see it going either way early. Now, if they don't land Francois, they're going to end up without a quarterback in this class. Is that uh, is that is that a terrible thing, or are they okay? I personally think it's a terrible thing, uh, just just because I like to have a quarterback in every class. And who's mm-hmm. going to really go into next class with two young quarterbacks, a freshman and Will Greer, a redshirt freshman and Will Greer, and a sophomore and Treon Harrison? Uh, they have Scholar Morningway. If he comes back, there's some talk that he may transfer out. So I like the, the getting the quarterback. And, uh, again, if it's not Francois, I just don't see Lamar Jackson from Boynton Beach switching from, from Louisville, Florida. So it's Francois or die, in my opinion, in this class. And uh, finally, Ryan Davis, uh, who, you know, I was absolutely sure was going to be a Florida Gator, but uh, much talk about some other things going on there. FSU, Auburn, Kentucky also in a running. What do you think is going to happen with uh, Ryan Davis tomorrow? I'm going to give you a big old sigh here. Uh, oh, Byron Coe tell the story here, and I, I really believe wherever Byron goes at 9 o'clock uh, tomorrow morning, Ryan Davis follows at 10. Um, again, it was it was Florida all week long for, for Ryan Davis. Um, now suddenly Auburn says they have a spot, and they think they're getting Ryan Davis. I'm going to stick to my guns here and say, say Ryan Davis goes to Florida. Florida's been the guy that's – kind of been there with him the whole time. McElwain's made him a, a big uh, focus so far. He knows he'll play at Florida. So I'm going to stick with Florida here, but Auburn definitely tried to make a late push. All right, well, I gave you the names that I've got out there. Are there a couple of names that I didn't mention that we need to pay attention to tomorrow so far as the Florida Gators are concerned? You know, I'm going to throw two names out. Uh, one of them is Jordan Cronkite down from Westminster in the Miami area, in the South Florida area. Uh, Florida, West Virginia is, is the two names here. Uh, he bonded really well with uh, Jordan Scarlett during his official visit to Florida on the 23rd. Uh, I like Florida with Cronkite here. And then a new name that kind of popped up yesterday, DeAnthony McGriff. He's a big tight end, H-back, running back, whatever you want to call it nowadays, 6'2", 215, 220 athlete. Um, he decommitted from Auburn yesterday. Uh, Florida looks to be in the best spot for him right now. Auburn says they're not sending an LOI. Well, it was down to Florida-Auburn. So kind of process of elimination says it's Florida. So the question will be, 
does Florida take the the opportunity to go get him, or is there some concerns that maybe makes them back off? That would be the two guys that I would say uh, I, I like a lot to be in this class. And another name that, that could end up in the class, depending on where where the coaches decide to go last minute, is Javaris Davis from Ed White in Jacksonville. He's a speedster, 10-4 in the 100. Uh, Florida likes him at receiver. Other schools like him at corner. He's dead set on playing corner or was heading into the weekend. So tomorrow answers the question, is he sold now on playing receiver or is he sold on playing cornerback? We'll see. Florida, Auburn, Louisville, there are some questions whether Auburn will take him. So we'll, that's going to be the question. Will Auburn take him? If not, maybe he goes to Florida. Very interesting bunch of names there. Uh, before I let you go, who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise of this class in terms of production father at Florida? Jabari Zingway from Sprayberry, Marietta, Georgia. Uh, big defensive end, 6'3", 260 is what he's at right now. Coaches think he'll be 6'4", 285. He just turned 17 years old. When you turn his tape on, he immediately screams All-American, in my opinion. And I don't say that very often. Um, mm. But in my opinion, he's a guy that he comes to Florida, sees some time this year, and then as a sophomore is when he comes on and plays big guy out of um, Sprayberry, Marietta, Georgia, came, just played football three years, uh, was actually writing points and playing basketball for freshmen. Football wasn't even on his mind. So that would be the surprise of my class. And, uh, of course, Jordan Scarlett. I mean, that's not a surprise, but that's a huge get for Florida. I would agree. So, listen, uh, no one – I don't know if there is another program that's got more fireworks in uh, – in, indefinite and plot lines and storylines tomorrow than uh, Florida. I guess that's one of the reasons why ESPN is going to be on campus covering things tomorrow. Uh, Plenty of action surrounding Gainesville tomorrow, so definitely something to watch. Um, You want to give yourself a quick plug there? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, sure. Check us out on uh, GatorCountry.com tomorrow or myself at 5EGC on Twitter. Uh, we'll be running all day. And uh, before I get off, you know, I think i got to push this real quick. Uh, Jim McElwain, what a tremendous job he's done in just a little over a month. Uh, you know, I, in my opinion, the program at Florida is on the rise, and they got their guy this time. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would agree with you on that. I, it's amazing what they've been able to do in these uh, basically three weeks to work. And uh, if they can work like that, actually on the field, uh, on Saturdays coming up the fall, I think Gator fans will be quite happy. Spivey, thanks for joining me, man. Looking forward to having you on down the road. Thanks, Chad. Having me on. All right. Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com. Uh, they're a very good source for Gator football information. Uh, not just football, but all of the sports there for the Gators. And I appreciate him coming on. We're going to take a quick break. When I get back, Larry Bluestein, godfather of high school football down here in South Florida, joins me on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be back right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. 
speed is what you need. So hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Feds watching by Pharrell brings us back from the break here on the Gridiron Studge Show 733. Chad Wilson, National Signing Day edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, I don't know, Feds may be watching somebody, but there'll be a whole lot of tweet watching going on here for the next 10 to 12 hours for some of the nation's top recruits. Every word that comes out of their mouth, every character that's popped out on Twitter is uh, held in high, high regard and uh, the slightest tweet can send uh, Twitter and the uh, social media world into uh, another stratosphere. It's funny how these things work. There was no Twitter back in my recruiting days. Thankfully for myself, probably would have no reputation. I remember me at 17. I think I tweeted this last week. Um, I probably wouldn't have been liked by the media if there was a Twitter or a Facebook back in my days. Because uh, I'm already a smart ass, and you give me a digital tool like that, I probably would have had a little bit too much fun with that. Uh, always fun talking to my next guest. He has seen them all. I think he saw me play Little League football. Uh, you know, so that kind of puts him up there in age because I'm up there myself. And uh, But it's always good to have this next guest on. I think if it's happened in high school football, in in South Florida, this guy has seen it. Love having him on, and especially at this time of year. Larry Bluestein, thanks for joining me on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thank you for having me. This, this is an honor to be here, especially on this night. The, yeah, the I, I, before... <laughs> yeah, I couldn't wow, have this I show ran. without you on. There's no way I couldn't have this show without you on. If you said no, I'm I was thinking about <laughs> thinking to myself, man. Now I rate. This is good that I get to get on uh, the night before. Uh, but it, yeah. it's exciting. I mean, you know, Chad, I've been doing this for so long, and it, you know, and it still excites me. Tomorrow, still, you know, there's something about the day where, you know, like you had mentioned back in my day, there wasn't any of this, and it was no. crazy. And once they started it, uh, every year has gotten bigger and better. And now the advent of, you know, uh, you know, every social media tool from Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and everything. So. You get to cover it a little bit more, and like you said, anything that's going to be said or done in the next 12 or 13 hours is certainly going to be magnified by a billion. Oh, I'm telling you, there'll be some fans that won't go to sleep, but, I mean, Larry, I remember the days that if you wanted information about the top recruits, you had to dial a 900 number for super prep yeah. to get all that. You remember those days? I mean, it was going to yeah, cost do, some but... money. So, um, yeah, hey, I'm looking at your top 25. I'm looking at your top yeah. 25 for Broward County. 
Um, and I'm looking at all these names, and I'm trying to find names that, you know, are on the fence or maybe not signed yet or maybe don't have offers. I guess you guys did a good job. All these guys are going places. Jordan Scarlett, Torrance Gibson, yeah. Calvin Ridley, these, all of the. I mean, so you did a really, really good job here well, with thanks. these guys. That's um, what I do. There, I think the best thing that I do is make those lists. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> other than that, that's you're it. a list guy. We're living in a list world. Everyone wants stuff yeah. ranked, so um, you're definitely yeah, catering to the catering to the audience <laughs> out there. What are some surprises that might come our way tomorrow uh, in terms of Broward County? Before I get over and start talking about Dade, yeah, you know, every everybody pretty much, you know, has kind of postured themselves in the last, I guess, two three days. Uh, you know, in Broward County, I mean, Kid Strobridge finally made his commitment to North Carolina. Uh, you, you know, you, you kind of knew after last night with Scarlett where he's going to go. I think mm-hmm. the big names have kind of gotten gobbled up and, and are going where they say they basically are going. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's Dade where your problem's still, you know, kind of, you know, hanging the balance. But, I mean, Broward County, I look at some of the guys and, and just in the last, like, in the last three, four days, a lot of kids have made their commitments and their intentions. So anybody would pull a, a huge surprise in Broward, I wouldn't even know who that would be at this point. Uh, Richard Desir Jones, uh, an FIU yeah. commit, goes up to Florida. Yeah. Now he's a Gator commit. Uh, give me your, give me your thoughts on him. Many say he was an underrated prospect. Yeah, I agree. And and you know what? The fact that he was a wrestler also gave him an advantage. He had great balance. Uh, he was a you know, when he first got there, he he started doing that. He was a big weightlifter. He's a big, you know, a big fan of uh, Coach Rob's uh, workout. He and him and Boyce uh, all the time. So yeah, I think he weight was kind of sold short early. And you know, you don't want to say that because then everyone thinks it's a cut on FIU. It's not a cut on FIU. You just figured mm-hmm. that a kid like that could play. You know, I mean, you know, at a different level. And then then Florida saw that, saw that in him and. Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, next year he'll just use next year to get acclimated, and then his I guess his redshirt freshman year he'll start, you know, making a making a descent onto the field because he's very good. Yeah, and and listen, we we all know what St. Thomas does in the trenches every year: offensive line, defensive oh, yeah. line. They crank out good prospects, get good coaching. So, uh, kind of hard to go wrong if you get an offensive lineman from St. Thomas. Ryan Stanley, quarterback for Flanagan. Um, you know, some recent developments there, uh, getting a late offer. What, what, what do you suspect is going to happen with Ryan Stanley tomorrow? Wow, that's, that's a good question because, I, you know, I've kind of, you know, on experience alone, you know, I mean, the, the kid has taken more snaps than anybody, you know, over the last four years. Right. So, I mean, and he's done it. He's done it the last two years under a pretty good, you know, I mean, there's, it hasn't been a, an entire cream puff schedule. So he's, he's done pretty well. And then he's come up in big games, came up in that second half of the Miramar game. And I, I, you know, I've always thought that, you know, he would be like a UAB type of kid, you know, or, or somebody in the, you know, mm-hmm. like a Troy kid or, you know, even go and follow Brandon Dowdy at the, uh, out in um, you know, Western Kentucky. I mean, just something like that because he certainly, you know, has a really good feel for the for the uh, the field. He reads very well. He's you know he's not ultra mobile, but he's mobile enough. So I figured that would be a good good guy in that uh, system. So you know, and then he gets the FAMU offer without a coach at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was kind <laughs> of stra- was strange. Yeah. That didn't make sense, but, um, you know, because sometimes things change. But, you know what, I, I really think he could play. I mean, I really do. I mean, he, you know, 
eighty percent of this stuff becomes mental, and you know he's already you know gotten through that that standpoint. You know he's had some mm-hmm. you know with Ryan Collins and a couple of other people working with him, like Ken Mastroli. I mean he's had mm-hmm. some pretty good tutelage to get better. So I I think he's been given more of an opportunity than most, and I think he he's being kind of undersold. But you know he's not the first, and he won't be the last. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we are talking about South Florida. Well, hey, one guy I really love watching play, love looking at him on film, is Adrian Talon from Flanagan. I mean, that Ooh. guy plays like his hair is on fire. It's almost like he gets pissed off when he hears the whistle that a play is over because he's not done kicking ass yet. Love him. Yeah. What uh, what do you think is going to happen with Adrian Talon tomorrow? Well, Adrian could play. I mean, we we all know that. I I remember watching him as a, a tenth grader. I mean, and that's when they had Wade Freeback and they had a lot of pretty good pieces out of Western. And mm-hmm. um, you know, he's really. I mean, from the beginning, I mean, he was just a just he he play he played and roamed the entire field. He made plays all over the place. I mean, that's another kid. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to see him pop up at an FAU, FIU type of thing, eventually even big, bigger, because, I mean, he makes plays. I mean, it's just I can't, I can't press it upon people that, you know, there's a bunch of guys that are 5'11", 200-something pounds, but not all of them have the instincts. And this kid's had the instincts from day one. I mean, he, he was great. He even used to drop and pass, uh, pass protection, or pass, you know, pass coverage when, um, when he was in 10th grade. So, I mean, he learned a lot early, and, you know, when you're usually the only guy, Sometimes that happens. And then last year he came in and, and got a chance to ease himself into a situation where, you know, you had pretty good linebackers at Flanagan when he got there. So, I mean, right. you know, and then Gill playing safety. So, I mean, he, he's, he's really had, I don't think he's really gotten an opportunity to really fully show what he could do. And I think he's, he's another big time talent where people, you know, down the road go, Hey, where'd he come from? You know, I mean, yeah, you kind know, of, kind of, Kind of makes you wish you would have had uh, three years at a Flanagan. Or no something doubt. Like that. No yeah, doubt. Definitely. And same thing definitely. with Rayon Parrish, the running mm-hmm. back who went to Monarch his final year this last year. I mean, you know, I'll tell you, Chad, that's a kid who could have been as good as any running back because he 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 had such a, a valuable skill set because not only did he run the ball, but he can catch out of the backfield and he blocked. I mean, the kid would right. nail you. So you he would nail you, you know, to the ground because he was really he was a tough kid, and that's that's a tough combination to find. I mean, you know, especially now you get a kid that could run like that, and then you know he, he got a chance last year, but he had a split time with a couple of other backs, and obviously some great receivers over there too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and listen, we could we could talk forever about uh, you know some of these guys like that. Uh, University of Miami, I think right now the numbers are four guys in total from from Dade and Broward County. What do you what do you make out of that? How do you explain that? What do you think that's all about? Give me your best guess. All of your years of experience can lay on me here. Well, I think my my guess, you know, I mean, you know, on the overall on the depth factor, I mean, you know, you, cer- you know, certainly come into tomorrow morning, you know, with a couple of kids locally that that certainly are going to pay off. We all, you know, you've watched, I mean, Jaquan Johnson's a, a beast. I mean, he's a big time football player. I mean, the, the kid that I think is a defining, you know, member of this class would be Mark Walton. Mm-hmm. I said it not, mm-hmm. not any cut, cut on Scarlet. They're just two different mm-hmm. backs. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I have a guy like Mark Walton who reminds you more of a, a, um, of a Duke Johnson because he can catch out of the backfield. He blocks, he runs mm-hmm. from line of scrimmage. So he's, He's a kid that's, you know, I mean, doesn't, 
you know, just bring singular dimensions to the field. And right. that's why I think that as a freshman, he gets on that field. How can you, he's like, you know, parking a, you know, a, a Cadillac in the, in the, in the garage and never using it. And you got to use them because he, uh, Yearby and, and, uh, Gus Edwards make a pretty, pretty tough trio right there because you got a couple of good line from scrimmage runners plus some guy will stretch the defenses a little bit with his ability to, to basket. So I think he's obviously huge. I think down Yeah, the line I mean that's a that's a top. nice little knife set, those three guys right there. And Walton's yeah. definitely a guy as a coach you don't want to be bumping to bumping into on the sideline during a no. football game no. team out there. Exactly. That's for sure. Um exactly. Jaquan Johnson you know, in my opinion is 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 an Ed Reed type player. I think that's a really, really great get for the University of Miami, oh. keeping that guy home. Um I've I've watched him, I've coached him at South Florida Express. I'm running a few high school players with his sense um, and and intelligence for the game. So uh, definitely, yeah, good, you're right. You know, to get a guy like that on that side of the ball, where there have been struggles for the University of Miami, huge, huge. And and you know what? You bring up a good good point because look at this little this little set of players that came in and basically at the same time they were all in the youth football league. Him, Erman Lane, Tim Irvin. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys like that. I mean, that doesn't hurt to have you know kids like Cedric Wright and, and, and Mullins and those guys coming up through the same you know, same youth football system and in such quality and just, you know, in just a few five, six kids. And, and mm-hmm. look at how they define themselves. I mean, Jaquan Johnson was the first freshman in Dade County in a long time to make all state. So, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's amazing when you could walk off a youth football field and dominate that much against kids who are 17 and 18 years old, you know, getting looked at by every major college in the country because that's what you're up against down here. If, right. If you're a standout, if you're a standout as a ninth grader, I mean, wow, because look at who you're competing against. It's not like you're going to see talent every other nine weeks. You see them every week, every day, you know. So, yeah, I yeah, think somebody like the definitely – you could definitely say that uh, when you come in here and you get it as a freshman. And by the way, he did that four straight years, all state in I mean, I don't know. No the last doubt. Time I heard no of doubt. anything. You know, it's funny. I'm looked at. I looked at the Broward list, and it's like you right. said, pretty much set in stone. Um, yeah. You know, the, yeah. the lawn's well kept. It's all edged. I head over here to Dade <laughs> yeah. County, man, and there's like there's wow. cars parked on the lawn here, man. Uh, who knows yeah, what's going are. on, Devonte. Uh, Davis, you know, he is a Texas commit, but I'm hearing mumblings about other stuff. Carlton Davis was yeah. going to Ohio State. There's talk of him now being he's going to get offered. Yeah, uh, Richard Fenton, uh, he's been sought after like crazy. I like he he was a mini five star here for the week. Um, I'm hearing yeah, exactly. Florida, maybe South Carolina. Um, and, yeah, and as yeah. I go down the list, like everything's in flux here with these guys. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you bring up a good point about Richard Fenton. No one wanted to recognize him for the first 20 weeks of the season. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden in the offseason, he became the flavor of the day. The kid was that good. I don't think anybody realizes, but he returned seven punts or kicks for touchdowns this year. That's crazy. That is amazing. I mean, that, I mean that, even <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, he. that's crazy. I mean, he. I mean, this kid did – I mean, and, and against New Orleans – uh, he played offense, and he went up against Davis, and, you know, he'll do stuff like that. And and those are the type of guys that you say to yourself, wow, they're pretty comfortable with themselves to go up against kids. You know, Duke Johnson used to do that. I mean, I remember when, when Norland had to play J- Jackson and Willie Quinn, who's now at Southern, pretty decent kid, quick, you know, not real big. But Duke played him at corner, you know, played against him when he was a – 
at New Orleans, he played corner against him. He did pretty well, uh, you know. So uh, that's why I always said, if you get a guy like that, you know, Duke Johnson, um, the kid that you uh, that American Heritage had last year, who really went under the radar, and I, and I swear that kid could be in the NFL in four years, and everyone's going to be shaking their head as that Janarvis Q kid. Because yes. I'm telling you, the kid does so much, and he's quick. And if you get into a college setting, Chad, that's a kid right there that's going to raise his hands enough times, and he's got the physical ability. I mean, he's going to be in the ne- he could be the next Carrie Williams. And and I remember Carrie from Chaminade, and no one mm-hmm. knew who he was. And the guys get on the verge of signing his third NFL contract. So yeah, which is quite you know, which is quite the accomplishment. This next. Uh, topic I'm going to touch on here. You and I could probably talk until the kids start signing tomorrow, and that is the players that get missed down here in South Florida. It is absolutely amazing, Larry, the level of talent that you will see, and you know better than anyone because you probably looked at more huddle highlights than uh, any all, all of us combined. The stuff that you see out there that is not that doesn't have that's not signing tomorrow and doesn't have offers is absolutely amazing. I mean, C.J. Judy from uh, St. Thomas doesn't have any offers. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, and, I mean, you get in line with that, especially – and I keep telling people that, you know, we're we're the victim of our own success because mm-hmm. from, from Palm Beach to Key West, you're going to have 195 to 215 Division One type athletes that are going to be ready to go tomorrow. And that's insane. And we don't have that many schools in this state to facilitate them. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you can go through every Division One school, and even if they had a year where they were all getting 25 scholarships, it still wouldn't be coming close if you took the entire state, which has almost 500 Division One type prospects. I mean, that's insane. And I know yeah. Texas and, and California have more, but they have more schools and they have more colleges. We just don't, you know, up until, you, you know, you got the FITs and the, and the Stetsons and schools like that, mm-hmm. we used mm-hmm. to just be a – you know, a five-team uh, state with Bethune and FAMU and then the big three, and that's it. Now it's morphed into a lot of different opportunities. West Florida just started. So mm-hmm. we're going to – but but not to skirt your question because you're right. There's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of kids that are going to be, you know, can play that Division One type of football that we're going to have to be forced down to the next level, and that's going to mm-hmm. take the one A type kids down mm-hmm. to the Division Two. So it's yep. going to be trickling down, but we have been a victim of our own success. Well, I've got a couple of names there, and you could add a couple as as well um, that just stick out to me. Robert Foy uh, over at Flanagan oh, yeah. was a pretty damn good football player that did a lot of things for them. He's still looking for a place to land. Uh, Jake Bobshever, um took Coral Springs to the postseason, I think, for the first time since 1979. I mean, right. uh, I was still spilling milk on and the table. And had a big game then. against Flanagan. He took for he did. well into the three. Yeah, he had a big game against Flanagan. He did, and that's no slouch of a defense for you to have a good game against. And then if no, you go no. all the way up the, well, you go all the way up the road. And I know you know all the state of Florida. You know, got film yeah. from Derek Gardner last week. Derek Gardner. Yes, yes. Uh, what an amazing player. Um, not really in a high profile, um, you know, uh, program, and he's still looking for a place to go. It's just, it's, it's uh, crazy. I mean. Uh, are there a couple yeah. guys that come to mind that are still out there looking well, that uh, jump out at you? The kid, Hans Supre, who played at Carl Gables this year. This is a classic kid. I mean, this kid was as good as any – I mean, he had over 100 yards in, in some of the big games this year for them. I mean, and he had a split time with Amir Rasul and also Kenny Mike. But he has a – here's a kid that definitely deserves a chance. I mean, he had twenty. He had a 25 SA, ACT, so he, he was ready to go. I mean, you talked about C.J. Judy. I mean, he's a safety to kick and knock you out of your shoes. I mean, he's been that mm-hmm. type. 
uh, a kid that we were just talking about before, Johnny Gaines. You know, Johnny Gaines was at St. Thomas for three years and then left this last year when he went to Westminster Academy. He was the player of the year in the league this year. I mean, you know, he reminds you a lot of Travis LeBird from Pike. Uh, low, you know, kind of smaller kids, but, I mean, fast, powerful. They don't go down on the first hit. Those type of kids that can help one of those uh, Patriot League teams, you know, or somebody like that. So, I mean, and and you're right. There's so many kids that are still out there. The Kentrell Burton kid from Everglades, who, you know, a, a kid who's, you know, kind of big enough to play an outside linebacker, but also, you know, uh, safety. That's a kid that, you know, also got into – you know, he's got a 3.5 GPA. So, I mean, these kids are coming armed, and, and you and I talked about that. Uh, I'll tell you a kid who's flying way under the radar is this kid, Dwayne Jones from North Miami Beach. He was in the Dade County mm-hmm. All-Star game. He plays a running yep. back. He plays a safety linebacker. This kid's a big-time football player, but, you know, they're getting lost in the shuffle, and, and hopefully – Yeah, looking looking you know, for a place to go. It's crazy. Shaq Green at, at Booker T. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just got something here late. What a player. It's still out there looking. It's It's South Florida. Four state championship rings, a national championship ring. I mean, you know, I mean, he won three with Booker T, one with Norland. I mean, yeah, there's a there's a classic example. You know, the two the twins that we talk about down at Coral Shores, the Jacobson brothers. I mean, if if these kids would ever, you know, go go to like North Dakota or North Dakota State to give them a shot, because they're from Minnesota originally, give them a shot. They're both like five eleven. They weigh about two hundred pounds. They're running backs or linebackers. I mean, these are the type of kids you play football long enough when you get guys that'll run through the brick wall just to be on uh, you know a part of the team special teams whatever you need kids like that yeah they usually end up being all-time greats well listen tomorrow is going to be yeah. a celebration uh it'll start yeah. in the morning it's going to culminate at bow campers we're going to have a great time over there tell the people yeah. that are listening uh what's going on tomorrow night at bow campers in miramar yeah, Miramar, right at Miramar Parkway, I-75, between 6 and to 8. If you're a senior football player or coach or a fan, you're anybody, come on out, join us. If you you, you, you can wear your shirt and your 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 uh, hat, you know, from the school, we're going to be taking pictures all night, whether it be us or CBS4 is going to be out there filming. So it's going to be great. It's going to be a great night, and we're looking forward to it 6 to 8. And you know, can't wait to, for to see everybody. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it, uh, a coming together of all the folks. And uh, this is the Super Bowl for the high school uh, football <laughs> players and college football players, and what better place to celebrate that than uh, with you and Josh and all the guys over there at Boat Campers tomorrow. Certainly looking forward to it. And thanks for you uh, taking your time out. I know you're busy at this time of year, but thanks for taking time out to come talk to us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Anytime, Chad. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks a lot. All right. That was Larry Bluestein, uh, godfather of high school football down here in South Florida. Wealth of information, tremendous memory. Uh, and, again, join uh, join Larry and Josh Darrow uh, for the big celebration tomorrow uh, at Bow Campers in Miramar, uh, right off the water there. Great location, great place to uh, celebrate all that goes on tomorrow, and uh, certainly looking forward to that. I'm going to take a break. When I get back, Safi Dean. Democrat, Tallahassee Democrat, beat reporter for Florida State, going to talk a little Florida State recruiting. Man, they got all the recruits, so uh, I don't know. I don't, we're, what are we going to talk about with Safid? How they just grabbed everyone? They got all the five stars. They got all the babies up there at Florida State. We'll talk to him and more uh, when we get back right after this.
7 season. Summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner. And you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Show eight o'clock Eastern 
time here. Already uh, quite an interesting show so far at Peter Ridge on talking about University of Miami's class. Uh, some interesting gets there. Uh, a large amount of decommitments. And uh, as Pete said, some of those were probably intentional because these things happen. Sometimes school just stops recruiting a guy. It happens. And it happens all across this great nation. It happens to a, a lot of recruits. Quite common. Uh, not common, though, to have that amount of decommitments. Um, University of Miami looking for some good things and need some momentum going along. Do get Mark Walton in the class, it looks like. And uh, that's certainly a big get for them. I fully expect him to be on the field for the University of Miami next year. He could do so many great things. So definitely a great pickup for them there. And we'll see what tomorrow brings. Florida Gators are very interesting tomorrow. Um, you know, new coach McElwain comes in and uh, has uh, hit the trail hard and flipped some guys around and gotten some uh, some horses and uh, hitched up to the wagon. Going to be interesting to see what they're doing tomorrow. ESPN is on campus there at Florida to see if, indeed, they can close out on some of these big guys they're trying to land. Um, so it's going to be uh, interesting to see that. And then Larry Bluestein talking about all the talent down here. There's a stupid amount of talent um, that's down here. And, and to highlight that, um, I've posted here over the last week, and Larry's uh, posted a tremendous amount of uh, athletes here in Florida that are still in play. Uh, and if you take a look at the highlights, these are Division One football players. I mean, FBS kind of football players that have no offers at any level, and it's amazing. Um, I can't wait to talk to Stephen Thomas uh, later on uh, in the show and ask him if the if if that is also the case out west. I'm suspecting that it is, but I doubt it can get to the level that it's at right now here in uh, South Florida. I mean, the type and the amount of players uh, that that are out there and available um, is is just extremely. Um, Amazing, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to continue to post some of those uh, as we as uh, over the next couple of hours here, and even beyond signing day, because you know signing day, you know, people have a misconception about signing day. They uh, think signing day is the day, and if you uh, it's it's a one day event, and you know if you don't sign on signing day, then uh, you're not getting a scholarship. Nothing could be further from the truth. Signing day just really symbolizes the first day in which you can uh, sign a scholarship to uh, the school of your choice. It's actually, uh, you know, it stretches on for uh, days, weeks, and months beyond the actual national signing day that's celebrated. You can indeed sign a scholarship with a school, whether that be uh, FBS, FCS, Division Two, Three, NAIA, and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, you do have prospects that sign after the actual signing day, and that will happen again this year. You'll have guys sign on Thursday, Friday, and days beyond. So it is uh, not just all – doesn't all just boil down to that one day. Uh, you know, this this is just the beginning of the fight. You know, the Division Three schools and NAIA schools uh, will make their way down here, and they will uh, have uh, your, your recruiting fairs that come out um, – they usually have them at Coral Springs High School. Not sure where it will be this year, but they do come in, um, and they uh, will set up shop. Actually, the first day, what usually happens is the high schools are there, usually in the gym, and uh, the colleges come in the first day and talk to the high schools, and the high school coaches will uh, market the players that they have remaining that uh, need a college to uh, continue their football career. So they'll market the players, and 
the uh, college coaches get to walk through. And then the uh, second day they switch places, the college coaches now set up in the uh, in the gym, and then the players, usually the ones that the colleges asked and requested to be seen the uh, day before, now come into the gym and they get to stop by at all of the uh, colleges and uh, college tables and get information and talk with the coaches. And every year quite a few kids get picked up that way. So if you're if you're not a signee tomorrow and you uh, don't have a tremendous amount of interest um, over the next week or so and you're looking for something, be on the lookout for the college uh, coach, the college recruiting fair that's coming down here, um, and uh, you know, get yourself involved with that, and, and make sure that you get seen by those coaches. Because uh, if you're a good football player and you've got passion for the game, you do certainly um, deserve to have that opportunity. And uh, hopefully, now, hopefully, because the the one big thing I will say about that situation is when those Division three and NAIA schools come in, the better your grades are. Uh, the better chance you have. And I've been in several of those recruiting fairs, and the first question that is asked when a coach comes and sits down at the table to ask you about your players is what are their grades like? Many of them will ask to see the grades before they even see the highlight video because they just don't want to get teased. You know, that's basically what it is. They don't want to see a great player that they want to have and then find out he didn't have the grades to get in because these Division three and NAIA schools are usually highly academic, uh, so you're going to need a test score. You're going to need some kind of grades to get in there. And falling short of that, if uh, you don't qualify for that, um, there's always prep school. There's always junior colleges. And um, if you need some assistance with that, any kind of assistance at all with recruiting, uh, feel free to reach out to me, C. Wilson at gridironstuds.com. Again, C. Wilson at gridironstuds.com. Would be more than happy to help you with the process, give some advice, and see if there's anything that we can do to extend your uh, football career because you have a passion for the game. So, again, uh, if you need help, feel free to reach out and uh, touch me. All right, Uh, we're going to touch on some Florida State recruiting here. Um, I mean, everyone hates Florida State right now in the recruiting game simply because they're killing it, man. Five stars, they're gobbling it up like uh like power pellets from Pac-Man here. You know, a little I'm dating myself with that reference, but very happy to have Safi Dean on with me. Um, He defected out of – South Florida and ran up the road to, you know, I guess he was, he hitched onto a bandwagon, man. Are you a bandwagon guy, man? You're, you're up here following Florida State now. What's your deal? Hey, uh, you know, you get a, you get a little extra money thrown your way. You, you'll drive up a little, you'll drive a little far away from home to, to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, oh my uh, goodness. That's why I'm here, the bag you know? man, the bag man in Florida State gets reporters too. Holy cow. Oh man. That's not your mom <laughs> out of South Florida, huh? <laughs> All right, let me not let me stop playing around. Everything's above board. I'm sure no one's everyone's following the rules in recruiting. All right, let's talk course, about Florida course. State, and we could probably talk for the next hour just about the five stars alone because uh, they're out getting it done. It really helps when you're winning championships or you get into that college football playoff. Where do we want to start, man? With uh, with with Florida State, you want to start with Tavares McFadden? Uh, we're pretty sure he's signing Florida State tomorrow. No shenanigans. Yeah, I don't think so. I think your boys are gonna uh, sign with with, uh, with the Knolls. I know um, he's been pretty locked in since he committed um, to Florida State. I believe that was back in um, October, you know, Halloween day. That's exactly when he committed. And um, he's been one of Florida State's more, most solid commits, and he'll definitely have a lot of playing time. Um, FSU just had two junior cornerbacks, Ronald Darby and PJ William, just commit to, um, to the NFL draft. So he'll he's looking like early playing time. Five star kid. 
a lot of length. I'm sure as you've seen personally, uh, as you've known personally. But, mm-hmm. um, yes, the varsity fighting starts as one of them. And uh, FSU has seven kids already enrolled on campus um, out of the, you know, 19 kids it has in its signing class already, um, ranked top five in the nation. And um, you got guys like George Campbell, Josh Sweat, Derwin James, running back Jack West Patrick, some guys in South Florida, Calvin Bruin and Devontae Phillips from out of Miami Central. Um, Florida State's pretty stacked, man. I don't think uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of buzz for, for the Noles on signing day tomorrow, but they got their work done early. Yeah, um, it, they've, they've got to feel good about that. They're not going into uh, signing day really holding their breath or – wringing their hands. Uh, I mean, just the group that you named that are already in the barn on campus already is a really, really great group. Uh, Derwin James is a five-star. Josh Sweat is a five-star. George Campbell is a five-star. Jacquez Patrick probably could have been a five-star. He's a four-star. Phillips, Bruton, Johnson, those are pretty good names already on campus. And then you've got Tavares McFadden. I think for a college football coach, they wish that every recruiting process would go the way McFadden's has. Didn't say a whole lot, kept his cards close to his vest, and uh, made yeah. a commitment and stuck with it, and there hasn't been much wavering since. Yeah, it's kind of hard, you know, in in this day and age, being a commit. You know, you look at how, you know, good, a great guy like Jordan Scarlett, who we both know really well in South Florida, you know how his commit, uh, you know, his commitment unfolded. It's hard, you know, when you, when you put a commit early at that time, when that commit happens, you know, you think everything is going to stick the way it is. And a lot of stuff can change in a matter of days, a matter of weeks. In a matter of months, you know, Tavares just happened to really like FSU. I believe his, uh, his cousin actually went to FSU as well. Um, mm. His family loved it. You know, um, Georgia was putting in a little rush there. I know he was teammates with uh, Sony Michelle and mm-hmm. Isaiah McKenzie back at Heritage. But, um, you know, he stuck with Florida State, and he's one of the few ones to stay solid. And, and you look at this team, man. You know, they won 29 in a row before they got ousted by Oregon in the college football playoff, you know. The results right. speak on the field. Jimbo Fisher is getting guys in the NFL after three years. I mean, if you if that's something you want to be a part of, Florida State seems like one of those spots. If there's any amount of uh, drama that's going to come on signing day for Florida State, it's going to be at the quarterback position where we have DeAndre Francois. And, um, you know, I talked earlier with uh, Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com about what happened last week, announced it. He is decommitting from Florida State, and that was quickly that tweet was quickly extinguished. But the question uh-huh. still remains as to whether or not he'll be a part of this class for Florida State. What are you hearing up there, and what are your thoughts on whether or not he's going to be inking with the Knolls tomorrow? Uh, folks at Red IMG thinks he's going to to do so. Um, you know, if he's a part of this class, you know, Florida State just has you know it will have a fifth quarterback to figure out who's going to, you know, start this job after James Winston, you know, is heading to the draft this season. Um, for DeAndre, for Francois personally, um, for him, I'm sure it'd be better to go to Florida and play early, get some depth. But I'm pretty sure, you know, he thinks he can compete for the starting job and even afterwards um, at Florida State. So people are saying he's going to sign with Florida State. We're still, we'll see tomorrow. You never know. You know, a kid tells something to somebody, says something, like something else, you know, and then unfolds it all to the world, you know, on signing day. And shocks the world. You know, all these kids like to shock the world. You know, that phrase yeah. has been thrown around a lot with, with recruiting. But um, we'll see, man. Uh, you know, Wednesday is definitely going to be exciting. I think that might be the most exciting part for Florida State fans to see if they get Francois or not. And to be honest, they have a kid, uh, the number two quarterback in the country, Malik Henry, who just transferred to AMG Academy from California. You know, a lot of people around FSU believe he's the next, the next guy. So 
We'll see. It's right. all. It's all. It's yeah, all I don't. Under, I mean, listen. Small. They want Francois certainly, but I don't think Florida State fans are going to put the knife to their wrist if uh, he does not end up in there because they are uh, kind of licking their chops at him. Uh, Henry, who is uh, who's going to be traveling three thousand miles to go to school next year? By the way, he's going to land at IMG. There's a lot of people with their eyebrows way up by their hairline <laughs> over that move. Uh, with with IMG, there's no doubt about that. You know, you mentioned yeah. Jordan Scarlett. Uh, certainly would be would have been nice for Florida State to have him in the class. How much uh, did they want him? How 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 big of a loss is that for them, considering they have Patrick in the barn already? Um, as much of a loss, not that big. I mean, it's easy to say now when you have a guy like Davin Cook slated to return. You know, coming back next year, thousand yards last year. Um, Patrick is a guy who can, you know, move into that position Carlos Williams played and, um, you know, help out with carries. Florida State also has three or four other running backs on the, in their stable already, too. So, Jordan Scholar knew that he can play early at Miami, he can play early at Florida and be the man of both those programs and not have to share, share carries like he would have at Florida State. I think it was a pretty mm-hmm. simple, you know, pretty simple uh, choice for him in regards to that. Um, in regards to Florida State, I think they're fine. You know, they lost out on Johnny Frazier once ranked uh, the number one uh, running back in the country. Uh, Jim Fisher likes a lot of depth of that running back position, and I'm sure he's got it. I don't think uh, they don't need any more, but who knows, you know, the injury bug can bite anybody at any time. So they look pretty good. Well, I guess I'm going to ask you uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a very difficult question here, especially with the kind of class Florida State is bringing in, uh, uh, five five stars, uh, according to rivals, which is the most of uh, any of the uh, uh, programs right now. Uh Who's the biggest? Who's the biggest and most important recruit in this 2015 class for Florida State? Um, I think it has to be uh, Derwin James. He's been committed for you know a couple of years now in this class. Uh, you know, Florida State's defense really at times last season really lacked um, you know a continuity as a as a unit first of all. But they did have those you know standout players, um, and they had a young guy in Jalen Ramsey, a sophomore, who kind of was the outspoken leader. Of, of the group and, and a young guy at that, you know, Derman James can definitely be another, another uh, Jalen Ramsey for the Seminoles. And he can definitely contribute um, to a defense that really needs help um, for the next three, four years. You know, I think him without a doubt is one of the, the, the most important um, at wide receiver, you know, Florida State is stacked. Urban Lane last year, Travis Rudolph, uh, Bubba Wilson still on the team, you know, a guy like George Campbell is going to have his, he's going to get his passes, you know, um, and I think Josh Sweat as well, you know, uh, coming off that knee injury, a real real scary knee injury, um, mm-hmm. everybody thinks he's going to return the form. He was, you know, once the number one player in the nation. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody thinks he's going to be, you know, come back to form. And uh, Florida State, you know, you, you don't get anywhere without a really nice defensive end, and they really hope uh, Josh Sweat can be that form as well. So, Thurman James, to answer your question, I think Josh Sweat is a close second. Yeah, uh, rushing the passer a big deal. So, you do hope that Josh Sweat can get back to where he was and perhaps – uh, beyond all hopes, or that will be the case uh, for Florida State fans out there following it. Uh, Amon Marshall is a name uh, that uh, Florida State fans are hoping will announce to them to, tomorrow. It would put them in such a great position. I mean, imagine a DB class that has Derwin James, Savars McFadden, and Amon Marshall in it. But do you think that could happen for Florida State tomorrow? Um, I don't think so. I think it's uh, Florida State's facing an uphill battle with uh, USC. Um, I think. Uh, you know, Mon Marshall took visits all over the country um, the last couple of weeks. I think he ends up at USC. Florida State's also in the market for um, Terry Beckman Jr., one of the top defensive tackles in the country from East St. Louis and Illinois. Um, Missouri's about 
two hours away from him uh, there. Uh, they're in the mix for them, but I think Missouri might pull out back there. Uh, Kids Shelton Johnson, defensive end from um, Atlantic High School in Delray Beach. Uh, Florida State has the best chance to land him. He's picking between Miami and Florida State. Um, outside of those three, um, you know, I don't see anything else unless a big name doesn't, you know, a big name pops up that we haven't heard, you know, on Wednesday. Anything can happen. You know, we got a couple hours till 7 a.m., and then it's going to be a long day tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, what is a, what's a guy like you doing tomorrow? G- give, me, give us a little run-through of what the beat reporter from Florida State football from Tallahassee Democrats is going to be doing tomorrow on signing day. I wake up 6.30, some eggs and bacon, whip it up in the kitchen. Um, I'm going to be, be in my boxers on my desk, setting up shop, and mm-hmm. I'll be posting online, tweeting all day, uh, waiting for those uh, letters of intent to come in, just like the rest of you guys, and um, enjoying the fun while we're at it, too. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I just got the job a couple months ago, so it's kind of lucky that Florida State had this path for me personally, but... You know, in regards to just uh, getting up and setting up working shop, I know FSU is going to be um, – Jim Fisher is going to speak to media around 3.30. They're going to have assistant coaches during a, a nice little uh, event for the boosters, uh, you know, Wednesday night as well. So it's going to be a long so you're not tomorrow. So you're not at an actual high school tomorrow? No, no. That's the best part about being a beat reporter. I used to do that, all the high school stuff, and that stuff is fun. You know, that stuff is really fun. You get to meet a lot of parents. You get to see a lot of emotion. You get to see – you know, a lot of people's hard work here. It's not just the kid who's who's going to the camp every day. It's the it's the parent who's waking up the kids and the parent that's going to these camps and driving all over and paying money for camps and you know getting instruction from guys like you. You know, so it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work involved. It's a lot of accomplishments for a lot of people tomorrow. Of you won't be able to yeah. see that, but you know everybody's gonna enjoy a great day tomorrow. Yeah, um, certainly a, a very interesting time um, and a lot going on definitely tomorrow. Uh, the celebration, as I'm calling it on tonight's show, the Super Bowl, comes tomorrow for uh, many of these high school football players as uh, they s- cement their futures. And um, I'm happy to have you on talking about Florida State football as they have got the number two class in the country, man. they got a chance to be number one tomorrow, depending on you know, a couple things falling their way. Appreciate you coming yeah. on, Sophia. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Tell the family I said hello. I will. Thank you. Safiya cool. Dean. FSU beat reporter, FSU football beat reporter for uh, the Tallahassee Democrat joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show to talk about that monster class that uh, Florida State is going to be signing tomorrow. And just think about some of the names, just the DBs alone, Tavares McFadden and uh, Calvin Bruton and uh, Derwin James, uh, a nice haul there for the uh, Florida State University that is – Obviously, reaping the benefits of uh, much of on-field success that they have uh, managed to have over the last couple of seasons. All right, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the top recruits in this country, but as you know, uh, recruiting is not just for those top guys. Uh, That's what gets all the press. But lost in all this will be uh, the other recruits, the guys that are not highly heralded, and uh, you know, we're gonna are gonna be looking at various different options. Uh, in terms of extending their football playing career, there'll, there'll be some that don't sign tomorrow, there'll be some that don't sign at all, and there'll be others that are offered a variety of different products that have popped up in uh, recent years um, with all of the colleges. Uh, you know, it used to be that the only color shirt you'd get uh, if you're coming in, you're either plain or you got a red shirt. And I think we all know what a red shirt is when you go in. If you're, uh, it doesn't look like you're going to be a key contributor to the team, uh, typically, the college will 
uh, give you what is known as a red shirt, which basically freezes your eligibility. You're not going to play that first season. It doesn't count as one of your seasons uh, on the clock in terms of playing. So um, you don't do much in terms of uh, you know playing on the field. You do practice with the team. You do lift weights. You do everything else, except you're not going to be participating in the games, and so you don't lose a year of eligibility. Following your red shirt year, you then have four years to play uh, four years on the field. That used to be the only thing that's uh, out there. But in uh, recent years, because of uh, all of the over-signing and different things, uh, the NCAA has come out with some uh, some products <laughs> that the uh, colleges can offer to um, sign more of the players that they want to sign, and there may be some extenuating circumstances surrounding uh, some of the players, so there's some things that they hand out. One of them is a gray shirt. Um, that's a term that's used to designate a high school athlete that is delaying their initial enrollment into college. All right, so school wants a guy. Uh, they can't bring him in right away. Perhaps they've signed too many players, and, uh, you know, they want the player to play at their school. They just can't have him be a part of this class, usually because of numbers. So they don't enroll in the college that fall, immediately after high school, they'll delay their enrollment until the spring semester. Um, so now when you do that and then a the player comes in in the spring, he doesn't count to the current year's numbers. He's going to count to the next year's numbers. So he uh, will go to sometimes a junior college, can't take more than 12 credits, I believe that it is. Um, so he doesn't start his clock. Because uh, once you take 12 credits, and you guys out there need to know that, because I've heard, I've heard of players that'll go out, prospects that'll go out, and you know they're not sure if they're gonna do the whole college football thing, and then they go to a junior college, uh, just as a student, and they go take a full amount of classes, 12, 15 units. And once you've done that, whether you're at a school that plays football or you participate in football at a school, a junior college, once you take 12, 15 credits, your clock has started. Um, so uh, usually when there's a gray shirt and a guy goes to junior college, they're you know mindful to stay under that 12 credit limit so that you don't start your clock, and then you just come in in the spring and uh, your eligibility starts from there. So that's that's uh, what a gray shirt is, and that's one of uh, one of the things that are handed out. And then now there's also the blue shirt. Now with that, because there's been so much oversigning um, in in Division One football. Um, blue shirt is a term that's been around for a while, uh, but it is something that's being used more and more uh, of late. Um, blue shirt is basically the same as a gray shirt, um, and there's, but there's one big difference with that. Where a gray shirt athlete is delaying their enrollment at the university until the spring semester, a blue shirt guy will enroll in the fall and attend as a walk-on. So they won't have a scholarship. You're going to be going to the school. But you'll be doing so as a walk-on, so you're paying for that first first semester. All right. This does allow the player to participate in the practices, which is you know, which is good if you can afford to go to the school because the gray shirt guy, remember, is not even attending the school. He can't be a part of practices, learn the offense, defense, anything like that. Can't work out with the strength coach. Can't do anything with the school. A blue shirt guy can, uh, but again, the uh, biggest difference is that you're a walk-on and you're paying for that first semester. Um, so it uh, postpones your initial count, you know, until the following academic year in which you're given that scholarship. Um, you know, there's some advantages to that uh, for, you know, being a walk-on. 
Um, you can get an academic scholarship. You can get some legacy scholarships. I, you know, the bugaboo for that is that some guys get scared that I'm going to start walking on here. They're going to get comfortable with that, and uh, they may not make good on offering me that scholarship. And another thing is uh, it's usually your big-time schools that can influence a player into uh, becoming a blue shirt. Um, it's usually something that's handed out to a player who uh, really, really wants to play at a school. So, you know, that would lend itself to being uh, a product offered by the big-time schools, you know, which would be, you know, uh, Texas, USC, Ohio State, uh, Florida State, Florida, you know, those big-name schools, University of Miami. But uh, the problem with University of Miami is it costs an awful lot to to, to go to school there. Same, same deal with USC. But uh, those are the places that could, you know, use – product known as the blue shirt because you know player will be okay with going there uh, under those circumstances a lot of times those players offer the blue shirt have scholarship offers clean scholarship offers elsewhere that they could take advantage of so you're asking a player to forego those offers and come on to our school as a blue shirt it's a it's a product that's been used more and more in recent uh, years and again it's to handle the whole over signing thing so you got red shirt you got gray shirt you got blue shirt. Uh, who knows what color shirts they're going to be coming up with uh, next down the road. Uh, and, again, uh, you know, I talked about this with Larry Bluestein. There are a ton of guys out there that are without offers that are really, really big-time players. One of them that uh, has made national news, he's gone viral, is uh, Easton Brewery. He is the quarterback out of uh, New Mexico Rio Rancho High School. Can't say enough about this. This is absolutely amazing. He's the all-time leading passer. Uh, for the state of New Mexico's high school football, passed for 10,200-plus yards in his career, threw for over 100 touchdowns in his career. Not only was he just a stats guy, he did lead them to the state championship in the highest classification that they have there in New Mexico, uh, six foot three. Now, you, you hear all this and you hear the guy doesn't have any offers, you're thinking, all right, this is probably some five-foot-ten guy uh, who was in some system and was able to rack up a bunch of numbers, probably throwing shuffle passes and screens. Not the case. Six foot three, two hundred plus pound guy, big stand up in the pocket quarterback who can uh, take off. You know he's not uh, he's not a four or five speedster. Obviously, wouldn't be classified as a dual uh, threat quarterback. He is a pocket passer, but can get out of the pocket and run for a first down. So you got a big guy who's athletic, six foot three, showed that he could uh, get the job done and then some with ten thousand plus yards passing and a hundred plus yards throwing and a state championship, and the kid has no offers. Can you believe that? Uh, you might want to blame it on the state of New Mexico, um, which, you know, not a lot of schools budget to go down there, but there have been players recruited out of the state of New Mexico. So this is a real head-scratcher for everyone out there. Um, and, and there were plenty of retweets and plenty of reads on the uh, story that came out about Easton Brewery, and you could only hope that uh, a young man who's put in that kind of hard work and uh, has produced like he has on the field, will have the opportunity to, uh, you know, sign with a school, if not tomorrow, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, he would at least be able to do so at some point here in the near future, certainly deserving of uh, an opportunity to play college football and um, continue doing what he has done in high school so well, you know, continue doing it in college. So one of many kids that are out there that uh, – are certainly worthy of playing college football and 
you know, we'll talk more and more about that as we continue on. By the way, for those of you listening to the Gridiron Stud Show for the first time, this is not the normal hour for the Gridiron Stud Show. Wish that could be the case. Can't do that. The Gridiron Stud Show normally is on weekdays at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. Um, we are on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. Definitely have Mondays and Friday shows. Um, but normally on at 10 a.m. Eastern time. If you want to join in and listen to the show on a regular basis, if you enjoyed what you're hearing here today, um, you could certainly welcome to uh, join us in the morning, 10 a.m., when we uh, have the normal editions of the Gridiron Stud Show. This is just a, a pre-National Signing Day kickoff type deal that we're doing here tonight, so appreciate you listening. I'm going to take a break when I get back. Sly Johnson from Premier Athletes is going to join me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay right here with us. We'll be back right after this. In season, out of season, FitSpeed.com gives you the edge. Over 150 professional athletes and 5,000 youth and high school athletes as clients. Over 2,500 square feet of indoor turf. That includes two indoor 50-yard lanes, plus a fully equipped weight room with the latest and most technically advanced equipment available. That's over 8,000 square feet of total workout space. Plus, they have the best training staff anywhere in the country. It's owned by current NFL wide receiver Brandon Marshall, it's why athletes like Chad Ochocinco work out there, and it's why you should work out there too. If you want to be the best, get on your grind and visit fitspeed.com today. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.
get a quick uh, pregame interview with you. How many interceptions are you going to get off Aaron Murray this game? Uh, I'm going to try to get about two. About two? Why yeah. only two, man? Why are you going to try to get three? You know, I ain't no DB, but I'm going to do what I got to do. No really? Team win, I thought know? you look like a DB. Ball, I mean, because you play, you can play defense. You, you know, can be All-American. I'm actually, now, man. You're I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position running back, you know. I'm four-star. I'm trying to get that last one, you know. I get that last one. I'm why do, why don't we give you four stars, man? They hating on you. They hating on Dylan kids. Hey, they hating on me. Son. You know, yeah, I got to be something in the mix. Hey, you know Larry Bluestein, right? Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, man. Larry said that you ain't even the best player at Dillard, man. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. He tripping, man. What are you playing with me for like that? I don't know, he, man. He, I, are, you saying, are you saying that to give me crunk, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Are you saying he want me yeah, to go 2,000 this year? Tell Larry you're the best player in the state right now. Oh, Larry, you know we good, boy. You already know I'm the best in the nation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be number one right now. <laughs> hey, man, I see you and Coach Carter going back and forth. You letting them know that, you know, Dillard can take a Qantas any time, right? Yeah, any time. You know, when I, you saw when I played him, the damn team carried two touchdowns and 165 yards. <laughs> I was raping them. <laughs> if y'all got to take, y'all know that. I was spin moving, shaking the whole team. Man, one of the more classic interviews you'll ever hear in your life that stuff there never gets old travis ward uh telling you how it is man good old travis ward that thing will live on uh forever uh that man that's south florida for you travis ward that's south florida football you could just see all the confidence coming off of that guy and uh letting a guy like chris carter know that he absolutely ripped st thomas aquinas when he played for them. My next guest doesn't lack any confidence, and neither does uh, any of the kids that uh, happily attend his camp every Saturday and Sunday. It is Sly Johnson from Premier Athletes. Man, um, is that not a classic interview, Sly, or what? That's South Florida, that isn't was, it? That is. That's <laughs> typical South Florida. I was already getting pumped up. I'm like, this kid's the best in the nation. Yeah, man, the best in the nation, and he is gonna let you. He's gonna let you know. Well, listen, the best in the nation tomorrow uh, will will be signing their uh, national letters of intent. Uh, you know, there'll be plenty of numbers pumped out tomorrow. I'm pretty sure when the numbers are all said and done, uh, the state of Florida is gonna lead in uh, Division One signees. If I, if I see any numbers out there that don't that say otherwise, man, someone's lying and fudging the numbers. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, de- it's definitely got to be the case. Right. Yeah, the and you know what, though, Sly? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Texas and so, California will so have big. something to say about that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, yeah, I, I can hear the you. The country of Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The country of Texas, man. When you look exactly. at it, they're just so 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 damn big. But uh, listen, so man, you've done your fair share of. Uh, yeah, you've done your fair share of pumping out Division One athletes. Not just that, also Division Two athletes that go out and kill it. It's funny. I saw you know you, you, the video of Cody putting a hundred moves on a guy at your camp has gone viral today for some reason. But it went viral. <laughs> yeah, it went viral. It's all over the place. You threw a hundred moves on a kid and damn near made him fall down. Just talk a little bit about what it is that you do at Premier Athletes Camp and uh, how it really helps kids, you know, realize their their dream of playing college football. Um, it's a, it's a skills camp, um, first, you know, um, it allows the kids to learn what we call the craft. I, f- I went and found, along with myself, um, along with, my, the other coaches, we went and found about six or seven common denominators of all the great ones and mm-hmm. made those pillars in the camp. So we teach, um, certain things that were very, very finite, intricate, intricate mm-hmm. things that are, 
contingent upon what other people do in football. So we use the rules against the rules of football against them. So the better the people you go against, the better it works. So our kids, they get better as the, the level of football increases because it's more predictable. Um, mm-hmm. So I give it to them. At, we give it to them at a young, young age and allow them to uh, grasp those concepts, which builds confidence because it builds immediate results. And um, they usually position themselves pretty well with our help. And that's the that's really the process. There's a, there's a lot of people trying to play football, and there's not many kids signing tomorrow. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. This, it ends up being a numbers thing. I was talking about this with Larry Bluestein. I personally have watched some highlight videos here over the last three, four weeks of some absolutely lights out FBS style players that have no offers. That's just the nature of the beast down yeah, here in yeah, South we Florida. We them back and forth between each other. So yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And we're amazed, you know, we're absolutely amazed. Let me ask you this. What is your advice uh, or what are you saying to a kid who tomorrow is not taking part in this? They're watching kids sign to uh, FBS schools and some of the top schools in the nation that play on television, and they're not a part of this thing, and they totally believe that they are as good as or better than those guys that are playing. What do you tell them about trying to extend their career and uh, and continue playing football. Uh, you got to know that guys like Antonio Brown went to prep school. You got to know mm-hmm. that uh, that the guys like uh, the guy carried from Chaminade, they took the long route. They went Division mm-hmm. Two, which usually doesn't sign on signing day all all the time. So a lot mm-hmm. of guys that sign post signing day that uh, that don't have the sense of accomplishment yet in their life. So they still have a burning desire to be great football players at 23. Once someone tells you you're great from age 17 to 20, and after a while you start to believe it, some people lose the drive to prove people wrong, and they lose the underdog and the chip on their shoulder. So mm-hmm. a lot of people fade out right around that age. And some guys mm-hmm. are just getting their just getting their, their teeth sunk into the, the idea of this thing might work out, you know? Mm-hmm. So at 21, they're on the rise. They're they're still on the rise and while the other guys are on, on the decline. So right. um, signing day is just that signing day. It is not mm-hmm. definition of your life day. Life day. It can mm-hmm. be a defining moment if you allow it to be. Right. Right. Exactly. And positively or negatively on that. Uh, right. You know, if you look at it and you're mad at uh, you're mad at the world and um, you know you decide you're done with football, well then you know that's a decision that you've made. Other guys use it as motivation and uh, mm-hmm. can go to a, a smaller school. And uh, be the man there and eventually end up in the same place, man. It, you could see by the final play made in this year's Super Bowl was made by a guy from uh, West Na- Western Alabama. You know, I mean, so. Right. That's um, the Juco you know, route to get to Western Alabama. Right. You know, went to Juco probably in hopes of going to some big-time school. Still didn't happen. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh-huh. kept it going and ended up in the NFL in the Super Bowl making the biggest play with how many people? 114 million people seeing that? How about that? Correct. A percentage yeah. of the world saw it. Yeah, pretty much. Right. You know, people in India um, eating rice saw this guy jump in front of a, exactly. a slant route and pick it off from uh, Western Alabama. You know, you preach a lot, big fish at small pond. Can you tell the people listening exactly what you mean by that? I mean that there's only going to be one running back and that really, really gets the ball, maybe one or two. There's going to be one main receiver. Is going to be Amari Cooper started at Alabama since he got there, and he's been the main receiver. I don't know who the other receivers have been since he's been there, so he's the mm-hmm. big fish. Um, there's other guys that that never get to play at that position, 
so they'll leave, like maybe a Storm Johnson. So Storm mm-hmm. Johnson was at, at UM, and he was a big fish, but he met Duke, which is a shark. So now right. he has to transfer, <laughs> go to uh, UCF, and he get now he plays for the Panthers or the Jaguars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Ball player, correct. But if he would have just gone the big fish small pond route from the beginning, maybe a ball wouldn't be anywhere close to that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so I understand that, you know. And this, look, ego gets into the way of this. So I know when you're preaching this, how what do you what do you tell a kid who's, you know, you see it, you know, they, they've got the ego. Their buddy that they played with. Uh, is going to Florida State, or uh, they're going to they're going to Georgia. What do you tell that kid that you know? You know what, man? It's probably best that you go you go hit uh, a, a Mac school, your alma mater. How do you how do you tone down? How do you throw something on that ego and get them to listen to you? That's that's a big throw right there from Florida to the Mac. Maybe from Florida to I mean Florida State. Oh, what, what they're the same to me. To mm-hmm. You know, Boston College, I probably can get them to do that one so they can be the big fish at Boston College or Wake Forest or something like that. But it's mm-hmm. harder to get them to go to the MAC. But if I did, mm-hmm. I would tell them how the last four years the MAC had a player in the top ten pick. Yeah, not nothing to be sneezed at on that. That is definitely true. Right. And, look, that's yeah. been linemen also. Yeah, yeah. the number one lineman three, two or three years ago came from Central Michigan, the number one player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same Central Michigan um, that produces Antonio Brown. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's definitely a conference that's looked at. You know, really, football is football. So I mean, you you have kids that need to go Division two. They're hell bent on Division one. All right, they think that's what they are. Uh, how do you get their mind wrapped around Division two being where you need to go? And some kids even need to go Division three. Well, how do you how do you wrap their mind around that one? Um. We, I'd probably go find other players that are Division Two. I can't name that many off the top of my head because I haven't been mm-hmm. faced with that situation. But mm-hmm. I would do my research and then let them know that, that like the guy from Western Alabama and, and the guy Kerry from Chaminade High School, mm-hmm. uh, uh, lots of kids, lots of men have come from programs that don't play on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... That probably half of the a majority of the NFL it's, it's pretty much about that. When you got to the, when you get to the next level, you start looking around the, the locker room and you see Saginaw Valley State, Woodford College, you know Monmouth. You start seeing these kids. Uh, you're like, oh, I thought I was the only one from Miami, Ohio. I thought I did a big, mm-hmm. big, big deal by being able right. to make it to the league. It's full right. of that. It's full of all types of schools I've never heard of. West Texas and programs because they were the big fish. And once you get to the NFL combine, I mean, once you get to the NFL practice camp, you understand, they put a white piece of tape on your head and just has your last name. And mm-hmm. no one really watches college football. We're preparing for mm-hmm. NFL games on Saturdays. So unless mm-hmm. you're the 9 o'clock game, no one really watches college football like that in the NFL. So mm-hmm. uh, they know who Johnny Manziel is, but right. they don't know who, you know, who Broyles was at Central Florida. And he was the yeah. first pick. Yeah, and everyone so, gets that white tape on the helmet. You know, you kind of all – Sort of starting from the same place. We know that's not entirely true. You know, your first your first three picks, your first three rounder guys. You know, they, they definitely have yeah. a leg up on everyone else. But beyond they, that, they make it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. But uh, you know, your other guys, you got you got an equal shot. And in some places, they really like you know, like Seattle and Green Bay and places like that. Uh, they love to go find those guys that were uh, rookie free agents and stuff like that. So you know, it's just an opportunity for you. You know, these kids would do. 
themselves a lot of good to just go scan through all of the uh, NFL teams roster. Just go through the rosters and look at the schools where where these teams have come from, and you'll see Uh that that is uh, that that what you're saying is actually true. All right, tomorrow we're going to have signing day, and all the 2015 guys are going to sign. We're going to have the big celebration. Um, and then after that, 2016 is up, and they've got 364 days before it's their turn. What are you telling a guy that's in the 2016 class uh, on the best way to get themselves prepared so that they are happy uh, one year from now? Try to find schools and areas and and, and majors that you that all are can all be satisfied by the same program not really coaching staffs because they move around so much. It's good to, have a, to build a relationship, especially for the initial transition from high school to college. So, mm-hmm. uh, But you can't bank on that coaching staff being there for, you know, a, to a, your entire career, as you can see. Right. Anyone right. can look at their favorite team and see that the staff has not been there very long, mm-hmm. unless, you know, even the powerhouses. Mm-hmm. So you probably want to find a school or area of the country or uh, – uh, a major, or you need to start narrowing down before mm-hmm. the recruiting process starts because it can get overwhelming. Some people are over, are are in situations where they have no offers and it's it's taxing, you know, stressful. And then there's mm-hmm. people that have 20 offers and that's taxing and that's stressful, you know. Exactly. So you try to try to hit on about four or five schools and and, and work from there and try to stay around that. Because if you're trying to build relationships with 25 coaching staff, you won't have any relationships. Yeah, listen, we've uh, I've tried as much as I can with the players that I counsel to really equate this thing to dating. And I know that's something that you yep. agree with. Man, yep. Listen, if you walk yep. into a club, Sly, and you try to holler at 25 girls, man, you're going to walk out of that junk by yourself. Because at some point they're all going to realize what's up with this guy, and they're all going to go latch on to something a little more sure than the dude that's gone in there, and they've obviously seen him getting 25 numbers. So I'm not saying you turn away schools. You are always interested uh, in a school that's interested in you, but you really the sooner you can pare that down to the schools that have a legitimate chance, the better. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes. Now, on the the flip end, you do want to have something. You know, you don't want to be able to get no numbers in the club. So you want to you want to be a you know uh, it's easy to get a job once you already have one right it's easy to get a girl when you already have when you already have one you know mm-hmm. so yeah no funny how that works isn't it yeah everyone's figured something got to be wrong with you if no one offered you by now so right. especially right. in those bigger programs that backfire so if you're at a, a powerhouse you know like a Bosco and you're assuming you haven't gotten offers yet people start to wonder why you know how can you not have offers mm-hmm. at that school. So it backfires sometimes, but no one knows that. But then again, uh, you know, again, I, 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 I found this interesting too as well, though. At some of these big time powerhouse programs like a Bowls and like like those Boscos and things like that, a lot of times they'll have a they'll have a large amount of players that aren't going, uh, that don't have college offers or that are not going Division One. So that's not really uh, all that uncommon. They have a lot of bodies too on their team. Every other high school team has fifty kids on varsity. They'll they'll have one hundred and twenty, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of yeah. kids that won't go, but but then there'll be programs that come in and just want a Bosco kid, so they'll just grab any kid from Bosco. I see it all the time. So they want to build right. relationships and they want to be able to come back in and get that junior at Bosco. So 
They may not play that kid, but they're dang sure going to let them sign on signing day and make them feel important that day so they can establish relationships with those kids that are younger and the program and the area. Yeah, definitely. Definitely want a pipeline into that school since it looks like they're very successful. Well, I've talked about a number of kids, um, you know, not just in South Florida, but across the country who are really, really good football players that are not going to be, doesn't look like a part of the whole hoopla tomorrow. Do you have a couple of kids off the top of your head that you want to mention right now that are really, really good football players that, you know, you you know, need to get some attention right now. There's one kid still left. His name is Leon Brown, and I am baffled. I believe mm-hmm. that there was a – I believe that other people didn't think that he had a test score, but he had one the entire time. Mm-hmm. And if he was in any other area of the country, mm-hmm. those max schools would, would snatch him right up. But when you mm-hmm. come to South Florida, there's a certain type of kid that you're only allowed to take back because the head coach is like, I'm sending you to South Florida. What are you bringing this back for, you know? Mm-hmm. So they want a, mm-hmm. a six-foot kid. Single digits help um, mm-hmm. that run fast and explosive. Skill mm-hmm. set not not really required so much. So I got a kid mm-hmm. that's a little undersized in, quite, mm-hmm. in, in, in comparison to the, the, the profile setting. Yeah. Um, and is a high-level football player, very fast, that just happens to play in South Florida where there's other kids that may be similar to him that are six foot. What, what position does Leon play and what high school is he at? He's at Miami Carroll City Senior High School. Mm-hmm. He plays receiver. He was a running back originally, but he weighs about 174, so he's a, he, he has good girth uh, about himself, well-put-together mm-hmm. kid. I moved him to receiver because mm-hmm. I saw that, that 170 would not be a uh, recruitable running back. You know how that goes. Right, right. So I moved him to receiver, and he picked up that, that skill set very quickly. So he's a natural ball mm-hmm. carrier, so he returns punting kicks, and he has the, the craft. Right. So he's a real right. good deal. So that's why I'm baffled right now. Yeah, well, look, there'll be a, definitely a lot of those. Uh, any Anyone else off the top of your head? Um, still left. No, that's pretty much it for this, this class. All our kids have been committed. We try to get that done before the season. Juwan Harris blew up later on. Um, mm-hmm. The Jarius Adams kid later on. But they were all good situations. Yeah, uh, and that's another one today that I, you know, that that came to mind. I've noticed a lot of kids that are good players that didn't necessarily have a lot um, early on in the football season that get a big rush of attention at the end. It tends to overwhelm kids, and oftentimes they'll mishandle that part of the process. I mean, Jawan uh, handled it rather great. What what can you take from what Jawan did, and and what do you advise kids when? When that happens, you know, they go from one minute to, you know, wondering where the next offer is going to come from uh, to the next minute 20 offers are coming through the door. We saw this with Isaiah McKenzie last year. Like uh, everyone in the country came in in a week, and it it blew the circuits, like, you know, blew his head off. Um, If you notice, those kids are always smaller kids. Mm -hmm. So they they have to be battle-tested. And when those – the smaller kids come from the bigger programs, they're legitimized. So mm-hmm. Isaiah McKenzie came from the, the state champion American Heritage Plantation, mm-hmm. and he was a, 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 a the, an electric player, and he was the leading receiver for that team, for the state mm-hmm. champions, and he was 5-7. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Juwan Harris came from the state champion, St. Thomas, mm-hmm. and he was the, the kick returner, punt returner, uh, shared with Bruce, and he was the leading receiver. So those, right. they, they hit the criteria. 
they they went to powerhouse programs. They were very important in their program. They were game changers, and so now they're solidified. Yes, they're, they're six foot players now. Yeah, they balled like they were six feet. So now here comes everyone beating down the door. Isn't that funny how that works? It's, uh, it's a, look, recruiting is a funny game. We're going to see how funny it gets tomorrow. But even before the actual signing day, a whole bunch of funny stuff goes on. And, you know, you and I have talked about it plenty uh, off air about just how funny recruiting could get. All right, well, listen, I'm going to let you go. But before I do that, uh, I'm going to let you plug your very important camp that you have every week that's uh, turning people into very good college football players. Tell us, tell us all about Premier Athletes. Um, it's uh, it's a weekly skills camp that allows the, the players to learn the skill set, the craft, use it against each other in a competitive, highly competitive but controlled atmosphere. We never had a fight. Um, right. The kid, it's a it's a family atmosphere. The kids help each other with recruiting. They change mm-hmm. they exchange phone numbers. You, hey, you got this offer. Hey, this kid, this school needs a corner. Hey, let me get that phone number. Hey, coach, mm-hmm. I got this kid. I can vouch for him. Mm-hmm. He goes to this camp with Coach Sly. So they use it as a as a as a tool as a you know, as credibility for each other. So it's a skills camp right. that allows each other to create credibility from nowhere. So we have kids yeah. that have never, and, <laughs> you know. And for our local listeners, when when and where? Oh, it's Saturday. We're at Westminster Sports Complex on 441 and 44th Street. It's in Lauderdale Lakes um, behind the McDonald's on 441. It's just west of Boyd Anderson High School. And Sunday, it's at Cardinal Gibbons. Now, the times are 1030 for Cardinal Gibbons High School in Fort Lauderdale. The times are 10:30 for the youth group, which is 13 and under, um, and noon for the high school group. Mm-hmm. High school okay, slash college groups. Right, and then Sunday you're at Cardinal Gibbons High School, same times uh, as what same you time. just been. Yeah. Yes, uh, all right. Well, listen, man. Uh, keep doing your thing. Keep getting these kids uh, shuttled out of South Florida, and you know. Listen, one more thing uh, about one more thing about recruiting. Mm-hmm. If the if the Hurricanes would have grabbed the Wilson kid, they probably could have got the Scarlet kid. Oh man, don't you start that! Don't you start that! You know, on that note today, um, you know, uh, we're on air, but let's talk frankly about it. On that note today, I saw something that mentioned that you are you are the guy that's uh, sending people out of uh, South Florida. You know, people say the craziest thing. Uh, yeah, you're the guy that's. Uh, they think they've pointed you. You know, listen. When people are mad off of, uh, yeah. off of, uh, you know, Jordan Scarlett, they just say the yeah. damnedest things. You know, you get angry at your wife and you just blurt out some nonsense. Well, that's one that I heard today. So, um, you know, they were attacking me Sunday uh, on Twitter, like I had something to do with him decommitting, and then like uh, they they moved on to you, and you're the guy sending everyone. Uh, out of South Florida, like you are, uh, you're running some kind of underground railroad. Hey, people, get off it. The guy is just here to help kids, and if the University of Miami is where a kid should go, I have personally seen him suggest that a kid go to the University of Miami. So no yes, underground yes, railroad. Yeah, you know, come yes. on. Uh, it's it's amazing. But that's Herb. what's out there. It's recruiting. I tell you, it'll come find you. <laughs> uh, so, I didn't know I was so important. Well, I'll take it. Oh, well, you've arrived, man. They're attacking you, too. So <laughs> congratulations. You, get, you have arrived T-shirt. Cool. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. We'll continue right, thanks, doing it. Keep, uh, work, having them work on a craft, man. Appreciate you coming on. I right, appreciate you. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. That's Sly Johnson from Premier Athletes Camp. You find them each and every week at Westminster Sports Complex on Saturday starting at 1030, 1030 to 12 uh, for the young ones, the 13 and unders, and then uh, your 
you've got uh, 12.30 to uh, 2, uh, sometimes uh, going even longer than that as uh, they battle it out there at, at Westminster uh, Sports Complex on Saturday and then on Sundays at Cardinal Gibbles, Cardinal Gibbons High School, not Gibbles, but Cardinal Gibbons High School, same times there uh, for the young ones and then uh, the older group. And they do get college football players that come back, so it's always a thrill when the high school guys can uh, test their skills against college football wide receivers and defensive backs. A uh, very good thing that Slice put together there, so be sure to check that out. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm going to have, we're going to go out to the West Coast. I'm going to have Stephen Thomas from Under the Radar Sports Media join me here. We're going to talk about some Southern California preps and uh, where they're going to be going tomorrow. We'll be uh, doing that and some more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. time here on this National Signing Day Eve edition of the Gridiron Stud Show um, as we are get ready for the, the Super Bowl of uh, college football recruiting tomorrow. 
Uh, much, much uh, anticipated signing day coming up tomorrow. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, co- college coaches will be on pins and needles. Uh, certainly awaiting uh, for all of the faxes to come in. That's got to be a really nerve-wracking time for a college football coach to be sitting there wondering if uh, the guy who told you he's coming is going to actually show up. Uh, a lot of funny business can go down here in the next, uh, what do we got, you know, nine hours before uh, these things can start coming in. Um, you know, as a part of this last year with uh, with my son Quincy, who was signing with uh, Florida, there was no funny business there. I, actually, it was his national letter of intent was the first one to land there in Gainesville, and he was uh, happy to do it. That's not going to be the case for uh, everyone that takes part in this tomorrow. Uh, as we've got uh, a lot of stuff that's going to go down to the wire. And uh, here with me to talk about some of that stuff, we've covered pretty much what's going to happen in the state of Florida with the big three. Uh, It's time to head out west and talk about what uh, we think is going to happen with some recruits out west and who better to have on than my man from under the radar sports media, Stephen Thomas. Stephen, thanks for joining me here on the Gridiron State Show. Hey, what's going on, man? Pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, you sound like someone who didn't have to drive in some Southern California traffic today. Am I am I right on that? You sound a little too happy. Um, you know what? I, I it's been a good day so far, man. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Listen, I used to live out west. My old man used to drive from Riverside out to uh, Hollywood and back every day. You know, so he'd come through the door with a scowl on, um, asking you with a frown if you did your homework, and you better say yes. So. You know, right, I, right. I, I know how all that goes down. All right, look, uh, let's start with the guys that mean something to the folks down here locally. Mr. Marshall, I'm of the opinion that he's doing the Adore, the Adoree Jackson of 2014. He's just float, he's just flirting with this other coast, enjoying his time as a national recruit. Uh, at the end of the day, we think he's over there in South Central as a USC Trojan. You agree or disagree? What do you think's happening with Biggie? Um, if I had to bet, I, I would take that bet. But I, I have a, a kind of a gut feeling too that Florida State may really be in the running for for, uh, for really? mine. I do. Wow. Um, I, I've always um, I've, I've known him uh, since he was in the ninth grade, and um, I know he's always kind of had the, uh, a passion for the, the grand scale, kind of the big show type of things. And I, I think um, I, 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 a lot of the West Coast guys. I, see him being very fruitful and prosperous outside the state. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if he did choose Florida State or um, Alabama as, his, as as one of his picks or as his pick. Um, I think UCLA has a, is a dark horse in this. Um, I mean, a betting man will put his money on USC, however. Right, right. Um, do you really think UCLA is part? I mean, I just so feel like this kid's going to end up in USC. I guess, I, I don't know, I'm um, uh, I, I just feel like momentum always seems to be going their way with right. this type of a recruit. You know? So right, SC uh-huh. has done it. I mean, this last year and, and, and some of the guys they picked up this year, this year they they figured they do have a lot of momentum, and it does seem like the kind of popular choice this year. You know, everything is cyclical. Um, it seems like SC has kind of won back the momentum of the city as far as the recruiting goes. Uh, especially with the early with the success of George Jackson and Juju Smith and Damian Mama, all of those guys that started as true freshmen, so and had success as true freshmen. So, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Like I said, I think SC, but I, I, if Florida State, if you pull the Florida State hat, I, I, I would understand that as well. 
Yeah. Um, well, so I guess he is very much in play. I, you know, I just wanted to put the dude at USC, but I got I got somebody here actually in the know who says it's not really so much a slam dunk that uh, he's at USC. Well, here's another uh, very popular name, even more so over the last couple of weeks since he's uh, on TV and whatnot. Cordell Brodus. Is he going to make dad smile and go to USC? Uh, or is he going elsewhere? I mean, I watched a couple episodes, and I did see one where he said he would kind of want to get out of L.A. because his dad uh, is L.A., kind of owns L.A. You believe that, or does the kid actually uh, stay home at the end of the day? No, I do. I do. I've had a chance to talk with him a few times uh, the last couple summers, um, and I, I believe that the guy you see on TV is really truly who he is, real quiet, kind of humble kid, um, very down-to-earth. Uh, I could see him picking a school like Arizona State. Um, I could see him going out of the state of um, of Nevada. Um, you know, he's originally from you know California, but I'm not sure if if um, you know USC. I mean, obviously his dad is a big time USC fan, and he is one of the unofficial mayors of the city. I mean, he has a his, his Pop Warner program here is tremendous. He does a lot for the city as far as youth football. So. Um, but I would like he's another kid that I don't know if this is if it's a lock for for USC. I know their numbers; they have a lot of kids on the board. So mm-hmm. I know you know how these 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 things go. These last minute calls and, and oh yeah, and, um, you know they stop answering the phone. There's a lot that goes on in the next, like you said, twelve hours or so. So I I, I don't think that I think Iman Marshall might be more of a lock than Cordell, but we'll see. All right. Uh, well, I'm looking at the 247 top guys out out of you know Southern California. Rasheem Green, uh, undecided. Where do you think he ends up? I think he's an SC guy. Um, I've had that sense of him all along. He's another kid, very very quiet, almost shy. Um, Sarah High School has has really done well as far as uh, USC has really done well at Sarah High School. Although they do have some kids at UCLA. Um, right. I, to me, I would be shocked if he did not choose the, the Trojans. And then that, I, that would go the same for John Houston as well. I think mm-hmm. uh, the only school, maybe UCLA and, and Oregon, um, have a play in those two. But mm-hmm. I think it, I think it comes down to, to USC, Oregon, and possibly UCLA. Um, Travis Waller, Oregon. No, nothing crazy going to happen there. No, no, he. I saw saw it actually last week um, at a camp, and, and I, I believe he's 100% Oregon. I know Oregon has um, has flirted with bringing in other quarterbacks, and I've, I've I've heard I don't know if it's official, but I've heard rumors of uh, him getting a transfer from uh, Vernon Adams, the mm-hmm. kid out of Eastern Washington, who who basically setting all the records up there. He's a kid from California too. I believe he graduated, and he may have one more year of eligibility. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 to me, I haven't heard anything otherwise. I think Oregon is a is a sure bet. I, he, matter of fact, he told me he leaves in March. He had to get some kind of special condition and, and, and programming from Servite, so I, I, mm-hmm. to, in order for him to graduate early. So he's actually on pace to enroll at Oregon in March. So we'll see. Oh well, that that would suggest that uh, you know that that's where he's going to end up. Uh, some folks were surprised by Trent Irwin committing to Stanford, or are you in that group? Were you caught by surprise? How did the people out West feel about that commitment? No, I I, I, I kind of knew 
I mean, a lot of these things, anything could happen. So anybody that says they know, they know is, is not really, you know, being honest. But I, hmm. I've talked to his dad before, and we kind of got the sense that it was going to come down to um, to, to Stanford. Uh, he's a very cerebral kid. Um, you know, he, to me, he fits perfectly into that Stanford system. I could see him catching 80 balls a year, 12 touchdowns, you know, um, and, and being an immediate starter for Stanford, um, who I think he's, he's a perfect Stanford wide receiver. So I, I think that was a great choice for him, um, and I, I'm not surprised by that one at all. Uh, tell us some names out there. You know, I've, I've had a couple of guys on tonight that are, you know, local guys here from South Florida, and I did mention that it is amazing uh, some of the highlight videos and some of the players that I've seen that are really big-time football players that aren't going to be participating in signing day tomorrow. Do you have the same situation that goes on in, in Southern California specifically do you, you know, I know you're a guy that watches a lot of video. Do you see a lot of guys that are really big-time football players that are going to be empty-handed tomorrow sitting in the crowd watching? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't – I can't think of no, – no one comes to mind um, mm-hmm. as, as some of the kids that we've got a chance to see throughout 707 in, in you know, highlight production. Um, I think the coaches out here, um, you know – they, especially Southern California, man, I think they do a really good job as far as trying to get their kids placed in the school. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of kids um, participating on, uh, in we'll sign with Division two schools, uh, mm-hmm. mid-major schools, NAIA schools, um, Division three as well. So I think um, I, I think there's the, the coaches here, that there's a lot of push out here, handlers, if you will. Some people call them handlers um, or mm. people that just try to help with the recruiting process. Uh, mm. So I, I can't think of anybody that comes to mind that won't be um, going to a school. Right. And and, and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, the contrast there, because we get a bunch of that down here. Um, I will say this: there are more there are more schools in Southern California clustered together in that west, uh, out west, to where there's a little more selection for kids. But even still, um, at the end of the day, by Thursday, there's going to be there's going to be quite a good uh, college football team worth of players that's not that you know would not have signed on Wednesday. So you know, I thought I'd throw that out to you. And it, it, well, uh, I'm not totally surprised by your answer, though. By the way. Well, I know this, I, um, you know, as a former coach and just kind of being around for a little bit with this whole scene, um, I know that there are some kids who will sign who, there's, there, uh, you know, numerically speaking, statistically speaking, that won't qualify. So um, there's, there's always, there seems to always be room for those guys who, who can really play um, once, once signing day is all over with and once people see who they have. Um, I, I, you know, I think the process never really, really stopped. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of those guys, at least out west, will find a home somewhere. Yeah, and it's, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I'd had this discussion with a couple of parents today about um, what signing day actually means, um, and then what happens after signing day. And in your, you know, in your experience, both as uh, a guy running under the radar sports media, and as a high school football coach, um, how common is it for a player to find himself signing a Division One scholarship after signing day, uh, after things settle and schools are looking for, for you know, some positions that they weren't able to hit on? 
Well, well, two stories come to mind real quick. Um, I had a kid, a 6'4 defensive tackle, um, whose school stopped by to see, but nobody really pulled the trigger, no official uh, uh, trips or anything. And on his prom night at a champagne party, you know, we're all gathered celebrating the kid's prom, I got a call from one of the coaches saying that they wanted to offer him a scholarship. This mm-hmm. is about, you know, 6, 7 o'clock at night on his prom wow. night. Um, wow. We had another kid who who had no offers, no trips, and um, actually the schools were coming around to see the next, the next class, and um, he was out there working out. And one thing led to another. He ended up signing with uh, with Idaho, took mm-hmm. a trip at the last minute. He ended up playing in the Super Bowl last year. Or he didn't play, but he was on the Super Bowl team, an active member mm-hmm. of the team. Um, mm-hmm. He got a Super Bowl ring as a freshman. That was awesome. his, you know, his only offer. And it, that I, <clears throat> I've experienced that a few times. Um, so mm-hmm. I know that I always tell kids to kind of keep the faith and keep hope. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen other kids get these offers and sign and then slack off in their finals, mm-hmm. or they never mm-hmm. got that SAT score that they were supposed to take in March. They never got a qualifying score, and they're mm-hmm. told to go to a JC route, and it opens up uh, something for somebody else. So, Yeah, uh, there are a number of factors that will take place. First, uh, tomorrow some guys are going to get left at the altar in terms of college football programs that expected a guy to sign with them. You know, uh, it's not uncommon for a prospect to have two, three um you know, school's letter of intent at the house, and they're only sending one back that's going to be valid. So, you know, in that situation, one or two schools are going to be left uh, holding the bag, so to speak, so they do have an open scholarship uh, when that is said and done. And then you also have uh, a situation where um, you have stuff like that happen, a kid that, you know, you thought was going to qualify or be a part of the class is not a part of the class. So you do have an opportunity for um, a, a chance to slide into a class late. So you're all right when you tell a kid, um, you know, keep hope alive. Are there any, is there any drama that's coming down in Southern California tomorrow in terms of, uh, you know, where a player is going? You know, we talked about Marshall, so we're, you know, we're going to be, everyone's going to be looking at that. But there are, are there any others like, like an Amon Marshall that we uh, can uh, look forward to for tomorrow? Yeah, there, there's a few. For example, uh, out of Salesian High School in L.A., uh, Kevin Scott, is a big defensive tackle, about 6'4", 260. He's a kid, I believe, in his first year playing uh, varsity football, kind of emerged really late. I know he took a, a trip out to Miami recently and um, a few mm-hmm. other schools. SC is now in the picture they offered. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see where this kid decides. He's going to be on Fox Sports, one of the Fox Sports channels, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Long Beach Poly has another kid, Joseph Wicker, that is a big defensive tackle who's also will also be committing, um, and he has a lot of a lot of big time schools out here on the West Coast. Um, mm-hmm. Equinemius St. Brown, who was one of the he played in the, the uh, Under Armour game, five star kid, six five uh, wide receiver out of Serbite High School. He right. hasn't made his decision yet. Um, some people, most people, uh, believe he's leaning towards Notre Dame. But well, who are all uh, who are all of the who's all in the running for him? Well, he had uh, he all the, the you know uh, Notre Dame, Arizona State, Cal, uh, Florida State, not Florida State, Florida, I believe, Kentucky, um, USC was also in the mix. Penn State, so his, he kind of have has an eclectic uh, group of offers: Tennessee, Texas Tech. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, he's another kind of quiet, reserved kid. Um, so we'll see. We're kind of excited to see where he's going to choose to go to school tomorrow as well. Yeah, always, uh, always, you know, good when you when you have that, and the kid's got a bunch of choices out of you know. That's that's a wide range of names uh, that you've laid down there. Uh, what's who's the big time school in terms of getting their players? Um, you, you know, every year they've got a ton of Division One kids coming out of there. I mean, down here that's. You know, that's usually, uh, you know, a St. Thomas or, um, you know, or Central or something like that. You know, they, they you know, every day signing day, they're going to have a ton of kids. They're going to be in the teens, usually with uh, Division One signees. Who's that school uh, out west? Well, we usually have Sarah High School. And obviously, they're, they're you know, known for all the big-time athletes uh, that they've put out, including some pros. Um, St. John Bosco was a school last year that uh, I believe had 10 or 11 Division One signees. They were, uh, you know, won the national so-called high school national championship last year. You also have a school, some schools in the Inland Empire, and one to bring to mind is, is Upland High School. Upland High School, really? I believe, has 12 kids that are signing. They have a, a Gary Baker who's going to Oregon. The defensive tackle, Josh Woods, is a tremendous athlete, running back, outside linebacker at UCLA. Jalen Moore is going to Oregon State. Um, they got two kids going to, to Washington State, Fresno State. So their signing day is going to be pretty amazing. They have a, a whole lot of kids that will be signing tomorrow. And then the, the obvious one is, is Long Beach Poly. I mean, Long Beach mm-hmm. Poly is world-renowned for, for putting uh, players into the NFL um, they so they they should they should always have you know six seven plus guys signed uh, every year is usually the case. Yeah, and that's uh listen that's that's always a great thing when you have that happen. Are you out at schools tomorrow? Uh, do you do that or do you kind of just take it all in from you know where you are? Um, well, we will tomorrow. We'll see uh, what, what schools if you know schedule permits. Um, I. It's just fun to watch, you know. It's a, it's a cool moment. Um, I, we kind of more into the process of how you know how they get the scholarships and stuff. I think right. it's a great moment for the families and schools. I, I'm really glad to see schools celebrating these athletes in the way that they do. Um, some people call them, you know. I've, I've seen some negative criticism about, you know, attention whores and this and that type of stuff. But I think it's a mm-hmm. really cool way to celebrate. I mean, it's hard. It's tough to be a student athlete. I mean, most kids go home at 3 o'clock and they're on PlayStation and eating popcorn all the rest of the night. <laughs> well, these kids are out, bust, they're busting their tails from 3 to 7, and they still have mm-hmm. to get, um, you know, they still have to qualify and take the SAT and get and get decent scores and stuff. So I think it's really, really tough, um, and I admire, and I think that schools and families should really be proud no matter which level uh, you're playing at. So I think it's great to see schools do this. Yeah, absolutely. You're fortunate to have that offer, whether it's Division One, Two, Three, just to be able to play college football beyond high school because the numbers are low on that. All right, well, uh, let me give you a chance to uh, plug under the radar sports media. You guys do great work. Tell the people listening what it is you do and how they can get a hold of you. Well, we 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 pride ourselves on making the hottest videos, especially football, prep football videos in the country. You can find us at utrsportsmedia.com. We just uh, launched our web page recently, and we, we believe if you love high school football, if you love high school football videos from different kids across the country, 
uh, different high schools across the country, you will, uh, you can enjoy our, our website. Um, and we just like to promote student athletes, especially uh, football. We're all former coaches, players, and we just really enjoy the process uh, and, and just the pageantry of high school football. Yeah, and, you, and again, you do an outstanding job with that. All right, man, I hear the kids back there. I better let you go before, you know, someone gets put in a washing machine or a dryer or something right. like that. And, right. And you find yourself right. in some trouble, man. As always, man, appreciate you coming on. Look forward to having you on in the future. Okay, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Stephen Thomas from Under the Radar Sports Media. Uh, look, I'm a co-sign on that. They do put out the hottest highlight videos uh, in the country. They really are the best at that. They've got a lot of Under the Radar Sports media highlight videos at gridironstuds.com. Um, you know when you hear when you hear that hard bass line coming in and some pretty good music and uh, some good graphics, you know it's under the radar. Sports media really appreciate what it is that they do. All right, we took it out west. We started off on the east coast. We took it all the way out west. We're going to end this thing in the middle of the country, and uh, that is going to be Ohio, right? That's the birthplace of football, I think, or something like that. I got Bill Green from Scout.com on. He's an Ohio State Buckeyes recruiting specialist in Ohio. Uh, you know, where, where do you? What's your specialty there, my friend? Man, Chad, I don't know. If you got to ask me that by now, all the years we've known each other, <laughs> I, I, if you don't have the answer, I know I don't have that answer. So my specialty would be just wanting to see these kids get as many offers as they can get get what they deserve, and become a success in life. I mean, you know, I think you and I are cutting the same cloth. I think the mm-hmm. guest you had on before me sounds a lot like me. I think I think a lot of us are very much alike in this business, mm-hmm. although we may work in different ends of the business. I think we all have the mm-hmm. same goals in mind. You know, I, I was there when your son Marco got that offer from FAU. That was exciting to me. You know what I mean? Right. This is exciting as seeing Terrell Pryor or something like that not always yeah. about the five-star superstars. It's about the relationships that I've built with people that mean a lot to me, your family included. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I was there through Quincy's process, and you're mm-hmm. one of, you know, 100, 150, 200 kids I deal with on a yearly basis, and that's the satisfaction I get out of this job, Chad. Tomorrow mm-hmm. is a great day for me. Mm-hmm. Just as yeah. much as seeing a kid sign with Texas is seeing a kid sign with Youngstown State. You know, free college, get yourself into college, get yourself a college degree, especially on someone else's dime, and, Mm. you know, what could be better than that? So in in all seriousness, you know, you ask me what I'm all about. I think I'm about what you're about, and I think we look at things exactly the same way. We, We just love seeing these kids do well. Absolutely, and I can certainly vouch for you on that one. All truth that just came there from my man, uh, Bill Green, and tomorrow, uh, as I've been saying throughout this whole show, is the Super Bowl for those high school football players and those college football programs. I don't know what makes a college coach more nervous, that final drive uh, in a championship game or uh, sitting by that fax machine tomorrow to find out if they're going to get the guy that said last night he's coming. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, on the final drive of the game, You've only got 10 coaches on each side worried. That's only 20. Tonight, right. you've got 10 coaches from every school in the country worried right now. <laughs> and trust me, they're worried. Anybody that yeah. has a relationship with college coaches in, in our business, you know, usually I've got to try to track them down to try to get a mm. question answered. Not tonight, right. man. They're all calling. Every, guy, every recruiting guy they know, they're all calling them tonight. What are you yeah. hearing? What are you hearing? Right. Like it matters, right? Like it matters what we're hearing. 
You know, it's yeah. 9.30. It's 9.30. The fax machine is going to be running in 10 and a half. If you ain't got it locked up now, you probably ain't going to get it locked up. So oh, that, was going to be, that was going to be my next comment to you, man. If you haven't heard from that guy uh, by midnight tonight, um, you know, don't be looking for that fax in the morning. It would be a major miracle if it comes uh, screaming through there. Now, sometimes it does happen that way, but typically it does not. Uh, I can't see how these guys, they can't, they can't sleep. If you're a college football coach, there's no way. Head, there's no way you're no, sleeping. They sleep, no, they'll sleep tomorrow night. They will definitely yeah. sleep tomorrow night. But these guys have been going nonstop. You know, a lot of them, their seasons ended before Thanksgiving. But this mm-hmm. season never ends. The recruiting season never ends. So, I mean, no. And it's so highly stressful. At least in a game, it's, you do have some control. You coach right. your kids. You know, in this Man, good luck with this, having any control, because it gets crazier, wilder, more secretive every year. You'd mm-hmm. think with Twitter and Facebook and everything that things would be opened up more and we would right. know more. We know less. Right. We know less no. today than we knew 10 years ago. And I would agree with that, Bill, and I'm telling you, it just seems to me like this particular year leading up to this thing has been crazier than any of the ones before. And I opened up this show talking about how – I just smell or feel uh, an Alex Collins mom type deal coming out tomorrow where some papers get snatched and run out of a gym. I just smell a story like that coming on. But let's talk about uh, some of these players and and, uh, what what to expect tomorrow. Now, we're going to talk about, obviously, Torrance Gibson, a guy uh, who's been a pledge to Ohio State for quite some time now. But there's some rumblings. Uh, there's there's Auburn, there's the uh, late visit to uh, Miami, uh, and uh, and then there's LSU in the picture. What are you hearing? What do you think is going to happen tomorrow with uh, Torrance Gibson? You, you can't be serious that you're asking me what's going to happen with Torrance Gibson tomorrow. Well, are what you are you thinking is going to happen? So, Chad, Chad, he could sign with Hawaii. He could sign with the main Black Bears. You know, I, I think Ohio State <laughs> feels pretty good. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he's been committed to them since October. But, you know, he was at Miami all last weekend. He was at Mm -hmm. LSU two weekends ago. He was Mm -hmm. at Auburn three weekends ago. I mean, these are great programs. Could I Mm -hmm. see Torrance deciding to stay close to home, be close to his mom, go play for the U? Yeah, I could see that. You know, he's got a great relationship with Kevin Beard, who's on staff there. Could Mm -hmm. I see him in the Gus Malzahn offense? Yes. Now, Mm -hmm. do I think – there's any way Les Miles could talk him into coming and run that offense? No, it's hard for me to believe that, but yet yeah. this is recruiting. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I mean, I think he has a great relationship with Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. and I think the Ohio State offense really fits him well. I think he really enjoyed it when he's been up there a couple times. So, you know, I, I think they feel pretty good, like they're going to get Torrance Gibson's signature. But anybody sitting here telling you they know what Torrance Gibson's going to do tomorrow? Yeah, they know more than I know then. <laughs> oh, man, Torrance Gibson may not even know. And you Look, in the little brief time you talked about him, you made legitimate cases for him to be at four schools right now. Uh, so, so, yeah, it, it's anyone's guess uh, exactly what's going to happen there. I just wanted to hear something out of your mouth with uh, regards to that, on the on the Ohio State front, uh, listen, yeah, we've got a little bit of um, you know drama there with with Torrance Gibson. And, you know what else would it be? Um, what other storylines do we have for Ohio State tomorrow uh, on National Signing Day? 
there's actually a lot more drama than you would think for a national championship team. They've got a running back committed, Mike Weber, who's been committed for a couple months here. He was originally committed to Michigan. He's a Michigan kid from a Michigan feeder high school. And when they fired Brady Hoke, you know, he jumped into the Ohio State class. Now Harbaugh might be working his magic there. So that is something to look mm-hmm. for tomorrow. They have a signing ceremony at their school at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know. You mean see. Jim Harbaugh but, is on the cusp of stealing an Ohio State recruit? I mean, the fight's on already. We didn't even get to the field. It's on. It's on. Like I said, I don't know if he's going to succeed or not. It wouldn't shock me to see Mike mm-hmm. Weber flip back to Michigan now that the coaching staff is stabilized. And like I say, he's from a Michigan feeder high school up there, so I can see it, but we got drama there. Isaiah Prince, offensive lineman out of Maryland, you know, had a visit scheduled to Ohio State two weeks ago. So he cancels on Ohio State on a Friday before his visit starts, and he pledges to Alabama, commits to Alabama. So it's over, Hmm. right? Wrong. Hmm. He actually visits Ohio State secretively, doesn't tell Alabama about it. Not the secret. Then he ends up. Secret gets out like it always does. So now we're looking at – I think Alabama's out right now. I think it's either Ohio State or Maryland, and we'll see. We'll see. And then Ohio State's in a battle for a wide receiver out of Arkansas, K.J. Hill. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's an Alabama-Ohio State battle. And we'll see, big, tall, wide receiver. So, dude, their storylines, you know, you think, well, hey, they just won the national title. Their recruiting should be over and done with and set. It's anything but that. They could well, they could have a coup tomorrow, you know, and, and, and hang on to Weber and Gibson and add K.J. Hill and Isaiah Prince. That's a top-four class in America. Now, they could well, also how about, lose how, Hill and, how lose about Hill and Prince, were, you know, hmm. have a couple decommits, and that class ends up number 12. Yeah, I, I know. There's a lot teetering there. Is there for several lot schools going on. to where you do end up? Yeah. Well, uh, right. How about what they were able to do? Last night, this was rumored they were doing this battle. Damon Arnett was a South Carolina commit for the longest, and it just felt like you ever bid for something on eBay and you think you got it, and some guy <laughs> slides in there with a late bid and takes the grand piano away from you? That's what this looks like that happened here uh, as they slide in and grab Arnett from South Carolina. Yes, Damon Arnett was up to Ohio State last summer for the Friday Night Lights camp. He loved it. He tried to commit. They had no room for him then, mainly because they had one of your guys, Carlton mm-hmm. Davis, committed mm-hmm. to Ohio State. The Carlton Davis that I talked to at the South Florida Express tryout camp three weeks ago told me he's mm-hmm. 100% to Ohio State. Yeah, you know how that mm-hmm. went. Carlton Davis yeah, will right. not be signing with Ohio State. So now when Ohio State loses Carlton Davis, all of a sudden the Damon Arnett that they wouldn't take his commitment a couple months ago, he looks pretty good right now. So – David Arnett is now a Buckeye. Thank you, Carlton Davis. Yeah, it sets off a chain of events. Uh, Carlton Davis is not in Ohio State's class, opens it up for Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett now goes to Ohio State. That opens up something for Richard Fenton, who's looking like <laughs> he's going to head to South Carolina. And round and round it goes. I can hear the music playing um, in my head. So they uh, they've, they definitely came in and, and got that done. Um, you know, it's funny, when I look at the top guys for you know the ohio area there's there's a school next to their name you know when i look at it for for scout.com you know you go to florida and you've got a lot of open slots there it's just uh i guess things are more stable in that part of the country but 
down here there's going to be a serious war for some of these top players down here, especially out of Dade County. Is 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 Ohio State in the running for anyone down here in South Florida uh, other than a Torrance Gibson and, and you know the Damon Arnett that we just talked about? No, I think I think I think. I think I've identified all the targets right now and all the all the players here. Torrance, you know, is the main one from down in your area. Um, you know, the nice thing is you sign these letter, letters of intent tomorrow and then recruiting for the juniors, the 2016 class, that'll be rolling by this weekend. There'll be junior days this weekend that coaches will be having across the country. So, you know, it, it just rolls The, the rest of the weary, one, right? We roll right into the next group. Yeah, um, and, and certainly crazy. What's the biggest get um, in this class for Ohio State, in your opinion? Well, that's a good question because they've got a lot of good, solid, four-star type kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they won the national title this year, but that is a very, very young team. They return so many starters. They return so many quality backups that none of these freshmen will start next year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Very, and none of them will be needed to contribute. You know, some of them will because they'll be so good. They'll be too good to keep off the field. But they mm-hmm. don't need any of these guys. They don't need to pencil in any of these guys in key roles. So, mm-hmm. you know, they got the local, local the Ohio kid, the linebacker, Justin Hilliard, is a great kid. Four-star mm-hmm. kid, a great kid. He was a leader. He recruited a lot of kids into this class. So, you know, I have to list him. And Torrance. Mm-hmm. Torrance is a huge get for Ohio State as you try to envision him in that Urban Meyer offense. Right, right. No no doubt. I mean, anyone could see him doing major things in that. Well, it's kind of hard after this season to not see an Ohio State quarterback doing major things because everyone who stepped in there um, ended up being golden. Um, forecast this for me. What do you see going on uh, as, I, as we look past 2015? How much head-to-head action are we going to see between uh, – Urban Meyer and 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 Jim Harbaugh going forward in in recruiting are those just going to be the wars of all ages coming forward or do they never you know the, the, do these two schools never really end up in big time fights like that for the same recruit? Oh no, I think it's on. Um, if you look at the history of the Ohio State Michigan wars over the years, the school that has had the upper hand has generally done very well recruiting the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Michigan's had Michigan's had Heisman Trophy winners. You know, Desmond Howard's an Ohio kid. Charles mm-hmm. Woodson's an Ohio kid. Elvis Gerbach was an Ohio kid. You know, mm-hmm. I can go on and on. So, mm-hmm. this which one of those schools recruits the state of Ohio best mm-hmm. usually has the upper hand in the rivalry. So they're going to be bumping heads every day. Yeah, um, certainly looking forward, obviously, to what's going to happen on the field. But uh, before we even get to that. Uh, the recruiting battles is something I think not only people in the Midwest are looking forward to, but the rest of the country is going to have uh, take a keen interest in uh, taking a look at what goes on between uh, those two schools and those two head coaches in uh, the the recruiting the recruiting uh, stages and wars and uh, everything like that. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Well, listen, Bill, like you said, uh, tomorrow is a big day for a lot of families. A lot of people are going to be happy. Uh, and it's a it's a good day for you because you know for for you guys for the reporters that follow these kids and interview them and get to know them and know the families and all that it's a big day for you guys too because you're you know you in some of these cases you've been following these kids since they were uh, 130 pound ninth graders so you're right you know, it's you're a right. big day for you 
And uh, exactly right. You know, I certainly, certainly appreciate you coming on and uh, spending a little time with us here on uh, National Signing Day Eve. All uh, right, Chad. Hey, anytime start, start you need me, uh, I'm available anytime you need me. I appreciate you, appreciate your friendship, and uh, you know, have a great day tomorrow. I know you got a lot of kids signing tomorrow that you know well. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm certainly looking forward to it, and uh, kids that I've coached are going to realize their dream. And uh, again, Bill, appreciate you coming on Scout.com. Uh, what kind of coverage you guys going to have tomorrow for the fans? We actually have live television tomorrow on the Scout site, right on the Scout front page, mm-hmm. and we're going to start it off. Why I don't know, but I'm going to be doing the first segment uh, with Brian <laughs> Doan and and Amy Campbell. You know Amy from down there in your, yep. your neck of the woods. We right. started off at 8 o'clock in the morning. We're all actually in New York City right now. So we're oh, okay. filming it. Yeah, we're filming in a studio in New York City, uh, front page of the scout.com, and uh, get yourself some few early morning laughs, and, uh, you know, we'll progress throughout the day with some live, a lot of live stuff. Well, good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, maybe I'll make it to school or two tomorrow, but when I come home, I need a place to uh, – be able to find out all what's going on, um, and so I'll, I will I will check you guys out and see how all that's going. Again, Bill, appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us today. All right, Chad. All right. That's uh, Bill Green from Scout.com. Uh, and again, they're going to have some live stuff on the uh, front page of Scout.com tomorrow as they follow all of the National Signing Day uh, festivities. Man, we covered a lot on the show today. There's uh, a lot of things up in the air tomorrow. Uh, Torrance Gibson, uh, as we just spoke about with Bill Green, where's he going to end up? He seemed like a lock to Ohio State uh, about a month ago. Uh, but of late, you know, he's taking trips to Auburn. He's taking trips to uh, Miami and LSU. Um, I don't know that it would surprise me if he did end up at LSU. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up there. Les Miles is very, very persuasive. And, uh, you know, maybe that is a chance for Torrance Gibson to see if he could play in a, a pro-style offense. Uh, we talked about Byron Coward with Andrew Spidey. Um, at the end of the day, man, I think Byron Coward ends up at Auburn, as uh, as does uh, Ryan Davis, who else we discussed. It seemed like a lock to Florida, but uh, there's some Auburn grumblings. Wouldn't be surprised to see both Davis and Coward end up at Auburn. I do think Ivy comes to Florida. I do expect Florida land Martez, uh, Ivy, uh, Jordan Conkright also there. I do think DeAndre... Uh, Francois ends up at Florida. I don't think that's so much of a fluke that that was posted. You know, he did come out and say that he was hacked. I think he was fighting against some backlash there um, and and letting that out a little too soon. I think Florida feels pretty good that Francois is going to end up in their their recruiting class, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him signing, uh, you know, with, with them tomorrow. So, um, those are some things to look out for. Amon Marshall, I, I really do. I'm going to stick with thinking that he ends up at USC. Uh, you know, I, I think he likes the attention he's been getting. Uh, the folks at Florida State don't feel like he's going to end up in Tallahassee, and I'm going to have to agree with them on that. I think I do see uh, the young man at the end of the day doing what Adoree Jackson did and signing uh, with the uh, with the hometown team, Tyree St. Louis. Um, you know, Peter Riz thinks he's sticking with Miami. I'm hearing a lot of uh, Florida in that one, and uh, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me to see him landing in Gainesville. Dexter Williams, I think he flips from Notre Dame to Miami. Uh, that's what I think is going to go down on that one. Uh, I think the Canes do get King. 
his best offer, probably a kid who has uh, always wanted to play at the University of Miami and is getting his chance prior to signing day. Uh, so really no hesitation in him uh, jumping on that. And so uh, to all of the possible signees that are listening to the show, um, congrats on being in this position. Um, you know, oftentimes kids in this whole recruiting thing do not understand the numbers. They're not aware of the numbers. They're not aware of how many high school players are out there looking for scholarships. Um, uh, many of the signees don't really realize just how fortunate they are. If you've got an offer right now that you can commit to tomorrow, whether that's Division One, Two, or Three, consider yourself extremely fortunate because in the grand scheme of things, it's a small number that you're included in that you're able to sign up. Uh, when the smoke clears tomorrow, 2016, 2017, 2018, you guys are up. Um, the decisions and the choices that you make uh, right now going forward are going to go a long way in uh, preparing yourself for this day when it is your turn. And will you be in the position that you want to be in? Will you have offers? Will you have the opportunity to sign with the school that you want to sign to? Will you, if you are a big-time recruit with multiple offers, Will you be in a position to make the right decision? These are all things that we cover with recruits. Um, if you need some help with the recruiting process, and I'm not just talking about the guys who don't have offers. Obviously, if you don't have offers and you're going uh, forward, you do obviously want to seek some help. We could certainly help you with that. But if you're a guy with a bunch of offers as well, um, don't think you don't need some advice there. I'm also available for that because picking the right school out of the many choices that you have is just as important as trying to get some work done to get yourself uh, an offer. So always available to help with that. You can reach out to me by, uh, by email, cwilson at gridironstuds.com. It's the best way to reach me or follow me on Twitter at gridironstuds and, uh, you know, we could uh, talk there, uh, do some DMs, inbox, certainly uh, get in touch that way. The best way, though, is to reach me uh, by email, cwilson at gridironstuds.com. For the parents out there, it can be a very overwhelming process, especially for the single parents out there. A lot of mistakes are made every year in recruiting that uh, eventually end up hurting the kid in the end. You get really one chance to do this. Uh, for most, there's only going to be one time that you're going to be recruited, so you want to make sure you do all the right things. And again, uh, for someone who's been in this business for six years, who's gone through this process both as a player uh, as well as a parent and also as a coach and also as someone who runs a recruiting website, a uh, whole lot of experience there. I urge you to use it. And, uh, again, get in touch with me here uh, by email, cwilson at gridironstuds.com. Uh, see if we can give you some assistance with the overwhelming thing that is the recruiting process. Other than that, hey, listen, congratulations. Congratulations to all the signees that are going to take place tomorrow. Uh, this is not the end. It's just the beginning. The hard work really, really starts now that after you sign, you're going to need to prepare yourself uh, getting to, to, to college. You want to hit the ground running. And uh, you also want to make sure you take care of your grades, man. Senioritis is real. Uh, guys do lose their ability and their chance and their opportunity to go to college based on slacking off in this final semester or uh, if you still need a test score, failing to get one. So don't let that be you. Stay motivated in the classroom, get everything done, and prepare yourself to hit the ground running as a freshman. So, again, to all those guys, congratulations. Uh, and, again, for those of you listening to the Gridiron Stud Show for the first time, this is, these are not the normal hours. Do not do this at this hour at night. The uh, Gridiron Stud Show comes on weekdays at 10 a.m. 
and uh, would appreciate you uh, listening to us on a regular basis. We are a featured show on blogtalkradio.com, so uh, they like us, you guys like us. If you like the show, tell a friend. The more the merrier. I'd appreciate you listening. Next show will uh, actually be on Friday of this week. Uh, Emil Calamina, my co-host, will join me on Friday, and we'll wrap up all of the signing day festivities. So uh, looking forward to having you join us then. And uh, again, to all y'all who listen tonight, we appreciate it. I want to thank all my guests, Peter Rees from Canesinsight.com, Andrew Spivey from uh, GatorCountry.com, Larry Bluestein, Bluestein Recruiting. Uh, I also want to thank Sophie Dean, beat writer for the uh, Democrat out there in Tallahassee for uh, FSU football. also want to thank, thank Sly Johnson from Premier Athletes, Stephen Thomas, Under the Radar Sports Media, and finally Bill Green from Scout.com. Appreciate all of the guests joining me here on the Gridiron Stud Show today. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, enjoy uh, the rest of your week. Enjoy your National Signing Day. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show.